And we are here. <sighs> Performing for you. If you know your place, write it in the comments, too. <laughs> Put your hands together if you want to clap. What line? Personally, clap? your opinion is crap. <laughs> I really huh. need a nap. D, D, design dork. <laughs> Ah, uh, very funny. Welcome to Design that. Dork's Guide, and everybody. Yes, we're here. We're tired, but we're here. Yeah, speak for yourself. I'm good. Oh, well, I'm I'm jealous. I'll I'll, I'll be tired for both of us. I'm only emotionally tired. Ah, which yeah. is a step laterally. Sure. <laughs> I will warn everyone we'll though go over that. That we have had the first hurricane in California in, um, I think it's 86 years. So, not there is a tree the that last. Is, there's a tree that is partially on my house right now, and they might be sending people to come with chainsaws to remove that during the filming of this podcast. So, if you hear chainsaws, run. You're not about to be murdered, it's just gonna get really, really loud. It's okay. I can project. It's better that it happens to me. I just want to get the forewarning that construction will happen no matter what. And no matter what you do, we will find a way to ruin an audio recording. <laughs> Alrighty. Ah, you want to just dive right into the ding pots and dragons? Oh yeah, let's do that. Transition! And I am now realizing I forgot to change the future site transition again. But it's fine. It still works. <laughs> it's the same one. It's okay. It's the future in the past. You're all good. Exactly. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, the segment where we look and see if Banjo or Metroid came to fruition. Um... I mean, I, 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 people are talking about Nintendo Direct rumors. I yes. haven't paid attention because I, I'm... Well past the point of caring. <laughs> the leaker posted a picture of Donkey Kong, and for a second I was like... But then they posted a picture of, but who's he fighting? And then they show a picture of the Mario movie where Mario is fighting Donkey Kong, and I went... Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's that's the Mario versus the, the weird, like, puzzle toy mini thingies. Yeah, um, I don't like putting rumors in our news section just because... They're nothing stories until they happen. Mm -hmm. And, like, the last thing I want to do is become a Smash Brothers speculation podcast, and it will lead to that. <laughs> what, you don't want to make a 40-minute video talking about this one rumor where Ridley's going to be in the game, but he We're grows We're already on the fence, my guy. <laughs> uh, but also, who cares about Mario versus Donkey Kong? It's fine to talk about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like, if the rumor happened, I'll have to have, like, the most mixed response of, yay! Maybe it'll be themed after the Mario movie. That'd be kind of fun. Maybe, just maybe, they'll have actual Donkey Kong characters in it. <laughs> what? That's 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 too crazy. Come, come on, Let, let's keep our expectations well, in check. Maybe? Rambi had a Lego set. That's Maybe true. Mario will ride Rambi in one level. 
Uh, it, it's a power up that will connect yellow to for some your Lego set <laughs> only if you own the Lego Rambi. Okay, but like tying in some kind of like Lego, maybe not Lego, like some sort of mousetrap esque designs into a Mario vs. Duck, that'd be kind of interesting. It'd also be stupidly expensive and nobody would buy it, but it'd be interesting. I would buy a Rube Goldberg machine that is just Bowser, how can you kill Mario the most creatively? <laughs> like, that should be a contest. Lego should go, here are all the traps that Bowser has, and Bowser is challenging you to figure out the best level possible, and it will be in the new Super Mario Brothers Wonder 2. Hmm. Mm. True, 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 true. Ah, uh, but yeah, nothing on either front. Maybe next week, that month, time, space, I'm tired. Maybe Banjo-Tooie will come at, be announced for the Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo 64 Plus Expansion Pack service, and maybe it won't come out until 2025. Yeah, maybe. Where's but, Mario Party 3? There's like three months. That's time for one more game to hit the Nintendo 64, if Where we're lucky. Where is Mario Party 3? Well, they 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 have they gotta space it out, man. To be fair, Mario Party Three is a game that infamously emulates incredibly poorly. Yes, yeah, true, 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 true. So, um, anyway, let's talk about video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll start. I have. We're gonna do some things a little differently today. We're just gonna swap off because I just don't have many games to talk about other than the big one, and yours all work well in a chunk. So, yep. Just a couple of a couple of small things I've been playing this month, apart from the big obvious one. Uh, I haven't had a lot of time, so it's been a lot of a lot of comfort food. Uh, a couple of a couple of StarCraft custom campaigns. I've been trying the. By the way, watch just giant grant games. I've been trying the Nightmare Edition of those campaigns. What that is is it takes mm -hmm. the natural difficulty progression of the RTS and asks the question of, okay, what if we took how those difficulty levels are designed and try to. Um, design a difficulty level above that. Just not, not some super chal like, this is going to murder you and you just have to figure out some certain strategy, but naturally progressing in a way to just be a little bit harder. Okay. That's a lot yeah. of fun. Fixes some of the weaker designs while they're at it. No, like, hey, fire bats are useless. What if we gave them an upgrade that makes them immune to these super splash damage units so they actually have a purpose as being a frontline tank. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just okay, okay. No, 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 that's that's smart. Usually it's just like the numbers go up. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. I'm no, no, glad that the, is not a, the numbers are up so it is harder. No, the AI is smarter. They send different attack waves in different areas. It's, it's, it's also a lot of fun. So, I, I love moddable games like that. RTS is always going to be some of my favorite genres, specifically because of that ability to just be like, okay, but what if there were, like, 50 games worth of content in this game because of what other people can put into it and build off of what is made in the ground level? Right, 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 right. Uh, I have also another comfort pick. Probably, I think, the best comfort pick... I've been playing at some uh, Faster Than Light again, because that is the perfect game okay. to play when you just need something at to, in like a 15-minute break or to play in a longer sitting session, because it's got that addictive 
just one more run kind of setup being like oh yeah i can do a little bit better a little bit better but every single time you lose feels like such bullshit so it's so easy to go like okay i have other things to do now i can stop now and move on to something else you are wrong that is darkest dungeon but continue oh no darkest Dungeon is also good in that way but darkest dungeon i get more invested in it's more yeah, of a it crushes your soul. Story, it's amazing. Whereas FTO completely resets from the first point onward. Yeah. That's not as fun. I want to leave and feel like a piece of shit because I know my next run is going to suck. That's fair. That's fair. Like all your favorite I characters are dead. You, you just have a jester and a rogue and you just have to make that work somehow. The jester's so good. He's so he, good. He do the attack, he go to the back row. It's funny. See that final curtain call, he just dies and the entire board gets deleted. It's just, mmm, such a good game. But yeah, great comfort picks. Uh, also played like half a day of Pikmin 4 while my internet was out. I have absolutely nothing okay. new to report. I just, it just still feels good. It still feels good to multitask. Yeah. But, oh my, oh, how did I... Sorry, I have I have two big games to talk about. I didn't write oh. any notes about this, but you just blocked your memory out. Cool. No, I I didn't block my memory out because it's it's Rayman. I don't know oh, why yeah. my brain just <laughs> yeah, didn't. didn't even say anything about it. So I actively thought, oh, you've somehow missed this. Uh, but yeah, hey. Ah, why didn't I write notes about this? What is wrong with me? Well, I, Tell I, me about I, I do know why I didn't write notes about this. It's because I had a very... Oh, such a mixed experience. Because that initial that right. moment of just, just... Just seeing him walking out of the dust and realizing that, oh my god, he's animated so wonderfully. He's back. That That was some of the happiest I've been in a long time. And just those first initial moments of just walking around the world, seeing a little crashed spaceship with the with a symbol of the pirates from the second game, and then you get into battle, and he's got the costume transformations from Rayman Three as part of his gameplay, mm -hmm. and he can like that set up turrets that are really just weird and break the gameplay, which is perfect for Rayman. It fits his character so well. You can just ride a rocket around and knock every single unit on the map off the board. I saw that. That looks like so much fun. It looks like such a smart expansion of uh, Sparks of Hope's gameplay loop, too. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also has, the, like, the, the the vortex bring everybody to you, which works so well with Mario... With Rabbit Mario's punching and just delete the entire board at the same time. He He's such a bizarre character, and that's, like, perfect for him. He's, now, let, let me ask, how much do you like Rabbit Mario? Uh, it, it's fun to delete an entire... I like, I love that he is just the Vine Sauce Mario, and he just <laughs> hit you. It's great. No, yeah, that's fair, that's fair. So how do, how do I move this forward? This expansion is like three hours long. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Yeah, seeing what the Donkey Kong expansion was and going to this one was definitely a moment of oh that that's that's it because like you know how that just for an example you know how the dk expansion mm -hmm. has like various different weapons with different elemental uh, attributes they can kind of customize yeah yeah in this one they're only cosmetic and there's like one fun reference per character like you got glow box boxing gloves and a teensy yeah. gun for 
rabbit peach and that's literally it. Yeah, because the focus is on the sparks rather than the uh, weapon modulation. Which is okay, but at the same time, there's no room to have like any fun with references or... I, I don't find the sparks compelling. I, I, I just don't, really. Well, I, they're not. I th That said, I haven't gone to Rabid Rosalina yet, however. Like, in a vacuum, I agree with you that it's... It's more... Despite the modular weapons feeling like... Or actually being percentage-based buffs, the sparks feel more like percentage-based buffs. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, there's some interesting ones that give you, like, various, okay, we're gonna stun that group, or bring everybody over here, or just, hey, there's mm -hmm. Rabbit Kong, let's knock everybody away. That's kinda neat, but... It's three hours long. I think I was having fun for one of those hours. I really just... really don't like the in-between combats areas of these games just 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 okay. that walking around the overworld i cannot stand those like okay we have a box here we gotta take it over there let's like very slowly walk over here put this one here now we gotta go grab another box and put it over here i can't go... believe you hate zelda at least you get to swing swords <laughs> at things and shoot bows yeah one punch and i do love the ability to like actually like charge up Rayman's punch that feels very good but it only feels good because Rayman 3 is one of my favorite games it's it's uh it's kind of just nothing like the actual gameplay is I don't yeah I, like I, Zelda <laughs> okay the actual gameplay is fun. I, I've definitely hit a point where it's just like, okay, I, I just don't like this as much as XCOM because the way that the this formula of gameplay works is that the skill ceiling has to... this Well, skill ceiling skill floor has to be at a point where it's still accessible, so it often just hits a point of like, okay, am I going to smash my enemy here or am I going to really smash them? There's not really a... I never had a moment that I really felt challenged. It was more of just like, okay, how do I win more? Which is fun. Which is very fun, right, but right. It, de it definitely mm -hmm. caps out. But I think maybe I was just setting my expectations too high. I, I'll, I'll give an example. I, I saw that there was a pirate movie set in this game, right. which immediately yeah. sparked my brain. But like, oh shit, okay, this is going to be Razorbeard. We're going to have to fight against the hoodlum, not, not the hoodlum pirates. I can't actually remember what... I think it's just Razorbeard's Pirates, but, like, the, the mechanical so. pirates from... from yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I I got my hype hopes up, go inside, and it's just a cardboard cutout of a Kraken. Of a Kraken, which I found funny. It, no, it's funny, but it was just a moment of... Oh. I felt like that was perfect, but I... And, uh, okay, okay. You go to the Western one, it's just... I was really just hoping for more Rayman, I guess. Rayman Rayman isn't really even the main focus of this expansion. It's 100% the Phantom and his just his efforts to like make a various movie TV directives, mm -hmm. like all of the like little side logs you can find are about that. It's the focus of every single different one. And it was just kind of a little bit of a let down in that way. 
especially in terms of music. That was my real big hope going into this, just being like, okay, yeah, yeah, hearing all the fun little DK references in the Donkey Kong DLC, I couldn't wait to hear, like, Rayman remixes. I saw this, like, little disco area where, like, rabbits were dancing, I was like, oh, shit, this is gonna be the Teensy Highway theme, I'm so excited to walk up, and it's just just nothing. Okay. Did you get anything from it? Uh, remix wise yeah there's a couple of things from the origins and legends games that very much um i have no idea what this instrument is the the western like weird boingy music and kazoos that kind of became the identity of origins and legends as music and those were very fun yeah okay, okay but i was really hoping for some of the things in the first three games and i just did not get that to be fair, the DK expansion basically got DK Isles from Donkey Kong 64, Jungle Japes from Donkey Kong 64, and DK Island Swing, which is also Jungle Japes, but it's in a different tempo, and I can recognize the difference, Mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I just wanted, I wanted that one moment of being like, oh my god, this is the song from my childhood, and I did not get that. That oh. said... There was still a phantom song about Rayman and his history, which finally did give those little references of like, oh shit, you mentioned mm-hmm. Mr. Dark. That was a thing. That's the, that's what I was looking for here. Kind of felt a little bit like a parent pointing at their struggling child and going, ha, look, he's struggling. Doesn't, it felt a lot meaner than the phantom mocking Mario. Oh, oh, he nuts and bolts you? Oh, he I'm really so did. sorry. Were you ever a thing, Rayman? No no surprise that you'd be eclipsed in the rabbit's company. Just like, goddamn, that hurts. But it, at the same time, it was so much fun. And I finally got to see Rayman in something. So, like, this is the third best game that came out this year because of that. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> uh, also kind of felt a little rushed not gonna lie well it's it's the third dlc it's the third DLC, but and it's after like this game really didn't sell well like it, there, there's some messy well, like okay that was uh was there supposed to be a crossfade transition there after that cuts in your orbit no that's just a hard cut you're just hard cutting the gameplay yeah. and i'm just controlling things now yeah I get, like I it, get you, it I get feels you. rough in that way yeah i mean I do think it's a bit of the fault of the first game going on sale as often as it did, because, like, why oh, buy this game for 60? But, why? There, there's no point. Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah, I did, however. <laughs> Fair. But, yeah, I, 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 if this doesn't do well, I hope Ubisoft doesn't chibi-robo this and use it. Like, oh, yeah, I see that nobody wants to see Rayman anymore. I do want to see Rayman. I just think he deserves better. Damn, your example for that is Chibi Robo. No, yeah, you remember that when they were like, "Okay, yeah, I'm, if this 3DS look, game doesn't sell well, like, look, I remember that." But at the same time, I also remember the like eight times Capcom did that in the early 2010s. So I'm just saying that compared to Mega Man and Darkstalkers, Chibi Robo is a weird pull. I mean, I don't like either of those series, so is it a weird pull without the connections? Why don't you like Darkstalkers? Everyone likes Darkstalkers, like, a I've little bit. Because I've never played Darkstalkers. Yeah, but everyone likes Darkstalkers, despite not playing it. Alright, they do have fun character designs, I'll give you that. Yeah, exactly, you look at it and you're like, that, I like it. 
is like the number two series of I like it despite having never played it behind like Silent Hill. All right. Uh, but but the big game that I, was so big that it eclipsed Rayman in my mind was obviously going to always be Baldur's Gate 3. Which mm-hmm. just... This is just the best game ever, man. I, I gushed over a lot of why the game is just so tight and so impeccably designed in the last episode. So I just... I just want to tell a lot of stories about just really fun experiences I had that just felt directly lifted out of a good DM's Dungeons & Dragons session. Please go right ahead. The only thing I have to add before you do that is... Still haven't touched it. Um, The means to touch it has arrived once I get some work out of the way. On the other hand, my god... Seeing Astarion's voice actor stream the game, try to romance himself, and get turned down yes! is the <laughs> most beautiful experience. Oh, the, the voice actors have been so into just embracing their roles in this game, and it's so great to see. I love it when that happens. Okay, so... Just just some fun stories to tell. Uh, there's a lot of points in this game where you'll find locked chests that you have to pick with lockpicks. Like, that, that's why yeah, Astarion's yeah. in your party. He's a rogue. But sometimes it's just annoying to go back to the camp when he's not in your party. saying, okay, okay, let's get... Hey, you, you, Shadowheart, leave my party. Astarion, you go ahead and join mine. Let's, okay, we'll do this over and over again. So I had an idea. There are two teleportation points in this game that are right next to a huge cliff. So I, I okay. almost picture me asking my DM, like, hey, I can't open this box. Can I just throw the box off the cliff? And of course, that works. So I, I have created the optimal method of lockpicking, which is literally just like, okay, one person down there, one person down there. We're literally playing hot potato, just crushing boxes over and over again by bringing them over to this area. It's so funny. Ah. Uh. Yep, lock plopping. I get it. And in one of those boxes, I found a bottle. And upon observing and it, did it, it not break? It had it did not break, which was good because you, you have this little investigation check, and apparently there is a creature in the bottle. Now, obviously, you see that you say, okay, creature in a bottle. Logical point, genie. Duh. Mm-hmm. Open the bottle. I'm not going to spoil it because it's a great reveal. Not a genie. Very much not a genie. Instantly oh, died. Man. Cool. I died, revived, but realized something. This is a bottle. This is a throwable weapon. And that spawning of the spawn of Satan bottle bomb of You doom, made a genie grenade. You, I made a genie grenade. This game has just a (laughs) let's throw chaos into any battle that you want to. Just like, okay, third faction, go! (laughs) And you can just (laughs) see what happens. There's more things like that. There's there's a... You can convince a very articulate ogre to give you his warhorn. 
just being like, hey, you should fight for me. If I blow this horn, will you just come and just eat everybody around? He's like, you know what? This sounds like an indubitable arrangement. Let's do this. And you can just throw caution to the wind. Hey, I might be in the middle of a giant druid goblin siege, but you know what? Let's, let's throw an army of ogres into the mix as well. And that works for any encounter. It's so amazing. Uh, something else. A really small thing about this game that I was kind of blown away by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing as a, a druid in one of my uh, games with one of my brothers. Yeah. And we were trying to talk with one of the characters, but we kept not wanting to speak with my brother, which is really weirding me out. I just, I we couldn't understand. We thought it was a, was it a bug maybe? And then there was a little pop-up over his head to me like, ew, get away from me. And I realized, oh my gosh. I'm wild-shaped as a spider right now. This guy has arachnophobia. People have unique interactions to the yeah. various creatures that you wild-shape into. I started experimenting a little bit, and if you like, there's really cute moments where you can like wild-shape into a cat, and people just think you're adorable. You'll have like little interactions where this normally stone-faced character will be like, oh my goodness, you're so adorable, come here, you. Or, or a little kid just wanting to pet the giant puppy when you're a wolf. It's yeah, so no, amazing. Just from how... everything I see, this game does not have NPCs. It has people and characters that you interact exactly. with. Exactly! It's amazing! I am worried that I may never finish this game. I don't think it is possible to finish this game. Just no, 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 up. you don't understand. I am the person who will talk to every single NPC in a town to get every li- line of flavor text. <laughs> Reloading saves over and over and over again. If I feel like I miss something contextual, yes. (laughs) Yeah, you're never finishing this game. Not a chance. This game might never see my top 100 because I might never be done with it. (laughs) Ah, it's great. Um, You can play fetch with the dog. Not only can you pet the dog, there is like an entire... Like, mechanic system, like, if you throw a ball, the dog will grab the ball and bring it back to you. Can they play fetch with you? Yes. Oh, wait, characters? Yes, can characters play fetch with you? Can you be the good boy? I haven't tried. I kind of want to try. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if that was a thing. And can they be upset with you that you will not give them the ball back and you demand that they simply throw it from inside your mouth? Uh, maybe. We'll, we'll see. A uh, couple of just really funny puzzle solutions. I could see on my map that there was a room just on another side of a wall, but I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get in. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of just were the lulls of it just had my characters like sit in chairs along various parts of the room just to make it look like they're all sitting and thinking and the second i had the last character sit in the last chair is here a click and the wall opens just lots of accidental puzzle solvings like that that's so oh, much cool. fun i love it when that happens it's very D. Mm-hmm. uh oh the hag hags are such an underrated underutilized Oppositional, well, not really anymore. Like, Chris Perkins, Matt Mercer have done a really good job. But, like, alongside, like, the very traditional, like, okay, dragons and mind flayers, hags are really fun in an RP setting because they have that, like, okay, I'm going to help you, but I'm going to do just the worst thing 
kind of that genie wish kind of deal like oh yeah 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 yeah. you want to you want to be the strongest person in the world okay we're gonna destroy everybody else or you're the only one left just just, just, just things like that Mm -hmm. but you go into this hag's lair and it is just horrifying you'll just have little plaques next to each victim with just these little lists of like what they wished for and what they got for example, this person never wanted to see their parents again, so I took their eyes. Or uh, this person wanted to cure this disease, so they were petrified. And just some some really creepy psychological horror stuff that just th- that did the hag so, so much justice. No, that's fun. I love the Museum of Debauchery. That's good. Uh, I want to I praise... Um, the mechanics of tadpoles for a second, like the illithid tadpoles that are in your brain. Right, right, yeah. Uh, I didn't... But, well, for, for one thing, the give and take of being like, okay, yeah, we have this really powerful ability to just basically command people to do anything, but there's this sense the entire time that this has got to be a give and take. If I do this, I'm going to lose a bit of myself or something down the line is going to get harder. I'm going to transform into a mind flare eventually. I don't know the answer to what happens, but it is such a compelling just RP mechanic Mm -hmm. as well as creating some fascinating ways to actually get to know characters. I've never seen anything like this where you can... Since the other characters in your party have the same mind flayers and you can like communicate telepathically, you right. can act, they will actually show you memories, like let you experience things together. And that's a really fascinating, compelling way of trying to really get to know somebody in a way that like most other avenues don't really allow for. And it helps you really get invested in these character stories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, I think I think I talked about this last time, just the parallels to Avernum and seeing the Underdark. But there's a lot of things in this game that are similar to a D&D module called Out of the Abyss, mm-hmm. which is a game I ran with my family. And seeing a lot of those same characters and settings that I have run games through just come to life has legitimately gotten me teary-eyed a couple of times. Just being like, oh my god, I've imagined this and it's even better than I've what, what oh. experience oh that's before. so cool and i'm like playing these games with my family at the same time so it's just added layers on top of that oh my gosh we actually get to do this for real <laughs> <laughs> i'm just imagining you like in a trailer to a kid's movie watching this and you're being like this is amazing <laughs> whoa and ironically just like yeah yeah I, I think i've actually said that several times Uh, I, I think the furthest I am in the game now is... I, I think I'm halfway through Act 2. I finally got out of the first act. And just seeing the setting dramatically shift from like, okay, here's the basic area. You're basically in the Shadowfell now for the second... Oh, that's like the... Uh, the nature zone, but like the evil version. Which is just really creepy and really... Good. You get to see a drider, which is like a half spider, half... Like a, 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 a spider yeah, centaur. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which is yes, so I've good. seen Spy Kids too. Yes. <laughs> right? That's, that's literally what it is. <laughs> I didn't think of that. That's great. I haven't thought about Spy Kids 2 in ages. That's a great... Oh. 
But there, there are some, like, really compelling battles in this game. Like, I, I, I was really enjoying the just basic D&D setting for the initial act of Baldur's Gate 3, but I've never mm-hmm. really, like, appreciated the bizarreness of how Baldur's Gate 3 difficulty scales. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, D&D difficulty scales. Because when you're playing the game, it's so slow that you don't really notice the actual design philosophy of it. Right. But as soon as you hit level 5 in Baldur's Gate 3, and you, or you, or even worse, you're level 4 and you start fighting things that are level 5, the difficulty curve blows you away. Because when you hit level 5, your DPS literally doubles. It is not a smooth, like, power scaling. It is very much a level of exponential spikes. Mm-hmm. And there are some insane fights in this game that you just... It feels like the most the craziest thing ever, but it feels amazing if you manage to beat them. I had this one moment where you, uh, you're you trying to run this forge, and this giant adamantine golem comes out to defend it. Mm-hmm. And it can only be damaged with a certain type of damage, with crushing damage. It's immune to everything else, and it can only be damaged when it's been hit with lava. So you have to keep like activating the forge to pour lava around you, which is obviously very dangerous, because lava... Yep, yep. And it's level 8 when you're, like, level 4. Which is just insane. But I That's beat like it. double what you And are. it was the best feeling ever until I saw an achievement pop up being like, killed the lava golem without using the forge's hammer. Because there's this giant, like, forge hammer that's just ah. slammed down. Mm. And my dumbass didn't think to, like, oh yeah, you can just lure it over here and smash it. Just, just very Dungeons and Dragons again. Like, your players are too stupid to figure out the gimmick that you designed for this. But hey, they made it work anyway. I'm not gonna get. (laughs) Because I'm a coward. Let's see, what other stories? I've also started an evil playthrough in this game. Like, very intentionally, just like, okay, let's try to do the worst things possible. Now, let me ask, is this just an evil alignment playthrough, or is this Dark Urge? Uh, Both. I am playing as an evil alignment character. I tried to try to essentially make Sauron, like as he should have been in Rings of Power, but they failed on that. Just like a very mm-hmm. old elf, very, very pristine and proper. He's trying to help you, but I'm the kind of pe- person that tries to force the good characters to do bad things just to see if it works, and it really works, and it's really messed up. <laughs> My brother's being the dark urge, which I didn't appreciate just how dynamic the Dark Urge is. Because, like, obviously, Mm -hmm. like, you have these constants messed up, like, okay, what if I just rip this person's arm off? Yeah. But, like, there's an interaction for that with every single character. Mm -hmm. It's actually insane. This It's an entire fifth game on top of all the four in-depth ones that already exist here. Well, I mean, it's a game for every character in your party because you can play as them, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then there's also the split-screen version where you can just compete. For sure, for sure, which is what we've been doing. And like on top of that, there's like different games within each character if you want to... Like, every single Dark Urge option essentially has, like, okay, I'm going to embrace this and become the Scourge of the Land, or I'm a tragic figure that wants to get rid of this demon inside my heart. And it feels yes. like both stories are completely fleshed out. Absolutely. Like, I have seen an alt ending for Astarian, which is like, damn, you went there! Shit! 
Nice. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait to get to the end. Yeah, just see the start getting a reference for what's how dynamic these endings can be. Uh, I I there's one moment with the darker urge where you that there's a there's a character in the game, a tiefling bard that I'm just. Mm-hmm. I want it to be in my party so bad. She's just got this, like, jester design. It's just absolutely mm-hmm. adorable. Her voice is great. It's like, you, I want you in my party all the time. She jester comes to the, join you. I'm sorry, jester the uh, uh, critical role character? Oh, or jester, jester as in, like, a, jester. A, a traditional fool. Got it. Like, okay, the bells cool. all around the... That was very important to specify. No, yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. But when you're playing as Dark Urge, she'll actually come to join your party camp which i was so excited for initially mm-hmm. and then you just wake up with a dark urge just over her what's left of her body not even a body like it's been eviscerated mm. and that's just one of like four dozen things we've already seen i've just like okay this is this is the worst but also wow holy shit the dynamic level of things in this game right uh, we pr- we purposely sieged the uh, druid camp, mm-hmm. which is kind of the main conflict in this game, which shocked me how well that's laid out, because I feel like most players in this game are just going to do the good option, go to the goblin camp, kill the leaders, and they're just never going to even see this. But there is yeah. an actual full-on multi-layered siege that happens, where like you're on top of the gate firing down at the approaching goblin hordes, and there are ogres literally throwing goblins in barrels as siege weapons. <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. Can I be friends with the goblins? Yes. You can be friends with the goblins. Like, we we were in the middle of, like... I like them. The leader of, like, the tieflings defending the camp was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're here, we're gonna defend the... Our people, we're gonna defend the children. And you just have a dialogue option to betray him... And say, hey, look on the bright side. At least you'll be dead before the goblins reach the children. And that—that that is one of the most fucked up dialogue options I've ever seen. And you can immediately follow that up. Like, I just walked up and thunderwaved him off into the po- approaching goblin hordes. It's awful, but holy shit does this game like you have the most evil playthroughs possible. And it's fleshed out! I don't want to befriend the goblins anymore. It's the most fleshed out thing ever. Like you actually have like separate companions that you can only have join your party. Like one of the one of the evil leaders is a is a drow woman, which I'm playing as a half elf male drow, which mm-hmm. is like the most racist option you can have for everybody to hate you. Because you're uh. a drow for one thing, you're a man, so the drow hate you because it's a very matriarchal society, right. and you're a half drow, so like you're also like got this half blood thing going. It's like just everybody hates you. Yep. But after you prove yourself to her, you actually, like, start tadpole mind-making in her, and you start to feel, like, really deep insecurities, and now she's only doing these things because she, like, it feels lost and everyone else is like, holy shit, this is actually a fully fleshed-out character, and there's, like, some Oh, no, you can fix here. her! That's yeah, the I worst! I think you can actually fix her! No! No, you can't! <laughs> there's so much in this game! Just a cherry on top of it all. In the middle of this giant siege between these two warring factions, I'm playing as a wild magic sorcerer. 
which is mm-hmm. when you have when you're doing wild magic surges, just just a chance for random shit to happen. Mm-hmm. Whenever you try to do really powerful spells, I got yeah. a surge that turned everything in a wide area around me, polymorphed everybody into cats and dogs. So in the middle of this giant emotional siege, where people are fighting for their lives and we're trying to destroy, like basically genocide this entire area. All of a sudden, everybody is a cat and a dog, and the fight just continues. As ca- It's just a giant cat versus dog fight. <laughs> it was the ridiculous, most ridiculous battle Can I've you ever pet seen. them in the middle of the fight? I don't think so. Can They're dogs pet to- dogs? <laughs> you know what? Maybe. I haven't tried that either. I don't know what happens if you try to talk to animals as animals. I should have done this earlier. But maybe it might be possible. Ah, uh, and that's only one of the sieges. You can have like an, also an entire like civil war in the center of it of the tieflings versus the druids. You can cause them to band together and make the actual fight at the beginning so much tougher. Like there's just there's layers to this game. There's so many layers, and I don't think I'm ever going to stop playing it. Yeah, might not be. Damn. Damn, really thought other games might have a chance this year, huh? But no. No, n- nothing nothing compares. Like, if this doesn't win Game of the Year, I'm calling shenanigans. That That's, that's some can't. Nintendo sh- hush money right now. I can't wait for people to be so pissed at the Game Awards that Starion wins Best Voice Acting over Ganondorf. <laughs> oh, th- I guarantee you that's the setup. I, I can't wait to see the... I'm, I might just make a short Twitter account just to watch. Just to watch. <laughs> uh, but that's all the games I have to talk about. What about oh, you? That's right. I forgot Musk put up the X gate. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, it's Twitter. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't give a shit. I... Huh. Well, anyway... Um... I played a bunch of games this month, and I have to say that uh, your last um, bonus stage inspired me just to look into oh! history and just enjoy history a bit more. So I sat down, I reflected, and I played through Mario's Time Machine. And now Mario's Time Machine is a game that I feel all of us can learn from. Uh, it teaches us exactly how badly we can interpret history in the most boring, dull way possible. Do you have any idea what the gameplay loop is for Mario's Time Machine? I've never even heard of this game. <laughs> Mario's Time Machine is an edutainment game developed on a similar engine to Mario is Missing. The first thing you have to do is take an object from Bowser's History Museum because he has extracted objects from time. You then have to go surfboarding through the waves of time, collecting mushrooms before you can collect into the whirlpool that will take you back to a specified time period. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just got the gameplay up in the background. I'm looking at... Just the Founding Fathers and Mario coming in. Say, what are all you guys doing in here? You guys need a Declaration of Independence? What the fuck are we looking at? And it's all realistically sized humans that will mock Mario for being a weird tiny small man who jumps good. And will insult him for being Italian. 
if their time culture would, Very well you know, Mario, permit that. my good friend, with your help, we have created a new country. Mario what? does, in fact, save America. But in order to get there, you have to go around and do fetch quests for three to four NPCs as they tell you facts about the specified person that Bowser has stolen an object from. And then you have to do homework. Yes, you have to fill in the blanks correctly on a two-page children's book report on Thomas Jefferson, on Cleopatra, on Joan of Arc. To make sure that Mario knows who he's giving a thing to. <laughs> and then Mario will save time and he will become friends with that person. For example, Leonardo da Vinci will go, ah, grazie Mario. I knew I could trust a fellow Italian. Please call me Leo. Do you know that Mario's last name is actually Polo because he gave a block from the Emperor to Marco Polo and Marco Polo then adopted Mario into the Polo family? <coughs> God damn. Okay. Wow. And then... The game has the audacity in the slowest gameplay loop to tell you, oh no, Bowser has warped through time to paradise because you were too slow in doing your homework. So you better play the game again and memorize everything that we taught you so you can speedrun the game so that you can send Bowser to the Cretaceous period to die. Wow. I played the SNES version, so sadly I didn't get Mario meeting Abraham Lincoln in the, like, three minutes that he made Frederick Douglass wait. Like, there's a very specific time period where Frederick Douglass is waiting to meet for Lincoln, which in reality is only a couple minutes long. So Mario warped to a very specific minute of history to make that work. Sure, okay. Did not get that, though. Instead, I just went to Magellan and cured scurvy. <laughs> sure yeah uh anyway uh facts are wrong like cleopatra's timeline is all over the place on who she's supposed to be dating and her exact history with uh caesar mark antony and all that mm -hmm. um it's very bad however mario is a member of the polo family so can i really hate it uh, yes, I, it, it I, is I'm worse than Blue's Clues. I'm skipping around <laughs> gameplay right now, just trying to see. Currently talking about the Queen of England. Wow. Okay, that 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 exists. That sure exists. That sure does. Being accused Thank you of being for a spy for the King of Spain. Exactly. Thank you for inspiring me to learn more about history. I feel <laughs> so much welcome, more cultured now. I think. Now that I know about these 15 specific historical figures, I'm good. Now Mario saved all of them. Every last one. Um, alright, on that note, I finished Paper Mario. Hey! Um, I don't have much more to say on that game. Um, that game wants to be good. It has some good ideas at the end, and it's very, very charming. Uh, it has no idea what to do with its gameplay loop by the end, so it just goes 
The bosses heal themselves sometimes now. Deal with it. Mm, no, that's uh, not good difficulty. Yeah, um, the last Bowser fight, because he heals so much, and it's actually an interesting tug of war because he will both buff himself, so you have to waste a turn to reduce his invincibility debuff, and then he will do an attack that either removes all of your buffs or disables your partner completely. So it okay. actually requires quite a good bit of strategy. I think it's a really good fight at the end of the game. It is exactly one fight. I was about to ask. It's just the finale and It is just the finale, but, it. but it's good. Okay, no, yeah. I, I will that, say that, that final Bowser fight is good. Um, I think the last Bowser's Castle is probably one of the best Bowser's Castle that's been in a game. It's just a constant puzzle box of different areas. And like halfway through, you'll unlock an item shop. But it's done by a lazy Goomba who just wants to sell you things at overcharged prices. So, like, there's an actual endurance element to it. And as you get further into the castle, because it's like an hour and a half, two hour long dungeon, mm. which is great for Paper Mario. It slowly starts adding in more instruments as you get closer and closer to oh, Bowser. The so there's an actual yeah. sense of progression. And there's a quiz show halfway through. So, of course, it's good. Yeah, never go wrong with quiz shows. So, never. like, the game has good ideas. The game is fun. The game is fulfilled. I don't know if it's a good game, but it's a good Mario experience, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Very much Nintendo uh, trying to find their footing with the genre. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Nintendo finding their footing in genres, I played the game Yoshi's Cookie. Are you familiar at all with Yoshi's Cookie? No. Ah, that's a puzzle game wherein you are Yoshi or Mario, and what you have to do is line up five cookies of the same type in a grid. Oh. And you have to eliminate all of the cookies to eliminate them all. It's not actually five of the cookies, it's just the entire line has to be that same cookie. So it's not a match three game, it's a match however long the line is game. Okay. It is an anxiety attack of a game, and I don't think it's fun. But I need everyone to understand that the worse you do with this game, the harder it is to continue playing this game. However, the sh the closer you are, the more difficult it is because you have to wait for the right cookies to spawn. So you either have to do a big chain at the at when the game is at its hardest, or you have to wait for 10 minutes for your small chains in order to work. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at gameplay right now. And it's just stuck in the corner. Yep. Yep. That's the Yoshi's cookie experience. Lovely. Okay. Except there's a multiplayer option where it's permanently locked in a 5v5 grid and sometimes you can 
put five Yoshi cookies together, and these will cause a random effect to occur that appears at the bottom of your character, which can either be positive or negative depending on your timing. So you have to wait in order for the right moment for the game to randomly decide, oh yeah, you get plus five points, or you get the slave power, which is a weird thing to put in a Mario game, but it causes the opponent to mimic your every move for like 10 seconds but it is called 2p slave in game <laughs> wow okay <laughs> the issue being that you have to move the entire row of cookies in order to do anything so your ability to line up a future move is impacted by your ability to do a current move, which means that you have to ruin your own future combo in order to continue playing the game. Hmm. I'll give it points for at least looking different, but I feel like the, the novelty wore off fast, right? I felt like I was going insane. But I'm like, it's a simple enough game, and I can get to round 100. It does have an ending, so I should get it. It was not worth the time. Ah, But I want everyone to know that if you see a game where Yoshi has a cookie, this is where it comes from. Is it a good puzzle game? No. <laughs> but it is technically a game where Peach and Bowser are playable for some reason. Sure. But not Luigi. I then played Mario Party. Hey, the first one game. actually. Yeah, I um I streamed that over on uh, Tarvold stream. We're going. Uh, we actually started a new uh, season of our Mario Party League. Nice. And uh, what we're going to do is we're in two v two teams. Um, and we're just going okay. Total amount of stars and coins between each member of the team wins. Ooh, okay. Change up the rules a bit. I like it. Exactly. So this gave me the excellent scenario wherein I had the coin star. I had it locked up. I was at like 188 coins, I believe. So then Gooms, who is my partner, is at Boo, and I go, steal coins from me. Steal coins for me right now because I have Coinstar. If they get chance time and swap coins with me, they will tie me for Coinstar. So I need you to steal from me so that they no longer have this contingency plan. Okay, that that's actually really brilliant, man. That's really <laughs> I think about Mario Party a lot. <laughs> Did, did that clinch the game for you? I will not spoil the results of it. You Fair. can find that Fair. on Tarvold's screen. However, I will admit that this ended up forming the brilliant money-making designs of the Corporation. And let me say, if you want to join the Corporation, you are absolutely welcome to become our associate partner. We will accept anything you'd like. Tarvold was recently monetized, so we will accept all donations, and they will go toward the continued funding of our continued success. There is absolutely no issue with the Kong and Dino connection. 
We will persevere. We will invest your funds in ways that will give you never before seen results. So please entrust your heart and your wallet to me. Yeah, I mean, how, how can you ignore a sell like that, man? Yeah. It's compelling. Yeah. Uh, Mario Party 1 is still a goofy game where nothing really happens. And it's pure luck if you get to play the game sometimes. Like, one of us got bullied out of not really getting to play the game much. And it was quite funny because it wasn't me for once. <laughs> and at the same time, I got to bully someone really, really hard. And that was very funny. We also got in the delightful situation of both teams throwing 2v2 games. Wait, and me... <laughs> And me trying to debate, no, you want 10 coins as opposed to me also getting 10 coins. Nothing is more frustrating than no one listening to your bullshit. <laughs> because you are so good at talking that no one wants to listen to you. And then having their partner go, no, you should have listened to their bullshit, actually. <laughs> yes. Oh, the chaos is the best. Like, oh my god. You guys, you guys in chat, you, you have to understand Mario Party is not a true game until you wheel and deal everyone else at the table. Uh. It is not a game where you're trying to win. It is a game of politics and psychological destruction. Absolutely. Amen. Yep. Uh, I then played Mario Party 7 on my own, uh, the single player mode. That was... Freaking nightmarish. Right. I hated it. That exists. Yeah. Did you know there are single player modes in Mario Party and all of them are bad? No, yeah. That, that, that's the one Mario Party game I owned. That's the. Yeah. Oh, Do you remember that... Solo Cruise? Oh. Wait. I'm... Do you I'm, remember I'm, I'm having to get one. Two. Do you oh, yeah. To get 100 this, coins and getting to the top bullshit. of the Golden Peak? Yeah. And hoping that you get to the top and that you don't just roll like shit for like an hour? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember going around Bowser's Enchanted Inferno and paying the man 20 coins to get a star only for him to hit you with a bullshit hitbox and have to get the star again? Oh, that, that, you just, that was for some repressed memories you just pulled out, man. Why? My god. I can't believe every game went for, like, an extra hour than I thought it would. <laughs> I was like, oh, the estimated long play for this is an hour. I'll get done with this fast. It'll be great to have background footage. Nope. No, no, no. Every single one, except for Neon Heights, which is now my favorite board, because it didn't waste my time for 10 hours, was a nightmare actually awful to everyone who has only played mario party single player i am so so sorry so intensely sorry because i used to do this i used to be here and i got this feeling welled up in my chest that was just of abject misery and i went i felt this before i know this I know the absolution of just consigning myself to fate and hitting the block and knowing it's not going to get me what I want. Mm -hmm. 
But am I gonna open the GameCube and play something else? No. You're you're committed to trying. You gotta you gotta do it. <sighs> My God. You gotta save the vacation from Bowser. The Mario Party Nine one was decent. Mario Party Nine doesn't exist. <laughs> it is a false memory. Uh. <sighs> so let's see did that and then i played new super mario brothers for the ds the first one okay okay i was about to ask which of the five yes the original new soup and i tried it and i jumped and i went i hate this jump so much <laughs> oh my god i hate this jump didn't pass the test it didn't and then I kept playing it, and I realized, oh, wait, no, this jump works. You just have to do bullshit in order to make it work. Because interesting. Think about how you jump in New Super Mario Brothers when you're getting deeper into the game. Every single time you jump, you are facing the opposite direction from the way you jumped initially. Because every single time, you have to turn yourself around in midair in order to properly compensate for your momentum. This is something that I forgot, and in trying to play it like a regular-ass Mario game, I was miserable. But then I realized this game borrows so heavily from Mario 1 and 3 that it is like a floatier, more like Mario 64 version of of the original nes's momentum systems okay okay and once i got that i realized that the levels are actually pretty well designed with that in mind oh all right i will freely admit i had fun by the end of new super mario brothers now the first few worlds i found miserable Because they were really easy, and getting used to that mechanic was obnoxious. Mm. Uh, I also think that most of the new power-ups suck. I couldn't even tell you what they are. uh, There's the Mega Mushroom, where you just go through the stage, and you're big, and you crush things. And it's just like you stop playing the game for a little bit. What if Star but large? Yep. And then there is the Mini Mushroom, which makes you bad at the video game you jump higher you die in one hit and you're floaty er oh but you can get into like little areas that you couldn't get into before isn't that you so can compelling? and you have to beat certain bosses as many in order to unlock certain areas oh. which is unfun when the bosses shift their hitboxes for no reason when you're already in a game where you're already overshooting jumps Mm. the blue shell meanwhile every time that you run you tuck into the shell and the game becomes a minecart level it is not what i would call a power up because you bounce off of uh all objects like all walls i would however call it playing as a completely different character is it fun and in that's i like it i actually like it quite a bit uh, I know it's contentious and you have to ch- you have to change your approach to every single level and some levels are miserable with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that in some levels it is a fun momentum challenge. Okay, okay. I wish that 
you could keep the shell on permanently instead of losing it to getting hit. Mm. Because that means I have to go to another level and get it from a randomly spawning um, floating question mark box that just decides I'm going to be in this level. You have to beat this level and the shell is at the start of it and it will appear nowhere else. Mm. Okay. So either get through this level if you haven't beaten it with the shell and you want to do the shell and hope that it's not a mini mushroom. Like there is no good place to just get the shell. Mm-hmm. Which reduces the fun I have from it immeasurably. That's fair, yeah. Uh, you know, that said, like, it's a fun game to go through. It is dog shit getting 100% in it, which I did not I do. I imagine, yeah. Because it has that star coin system where you have to get three in each level, and sometimes they'll hide it in a neat place. Sometimes they'll hide it in a bullshit place. Mm. Sometimes they'll be like, dang, if only you had the mini mushroom. Is it in this level? No. Oh, no. You don't do that. <laughs> Some Kirby 64 bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, we got to go back to these worlds. Yeah, it's like the crystal shards, but bad. Um, All that said, like, if I'm just judging the platforming, I think this is a good Super Mario Brothers game. Okay. If I, if I were trying to 100% it, I could die. <laughs> like, that is abject misery and speaking of abject misery if you try to 100% a game I also played Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island Yoshi's Island there we go Have you guys what do you know about well, Yoshi's all... Island oh yeah it's, it's Yoshi's Island everybody knows Yoshi's yeah. Island have you gotten to the point where they're all just starting to blur together no, I have very distinct opinions on all of them. Okay. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is a game of absolute passion. It is a game where there is literally a hint block hidden in a secret area that said, we the Mario team have poured our hearts and souls into this game, and we hope sincerely that you enjoy it. And I feel that this game is bursting with creativity they take set pieces use it only once and completely discard it afterward or only stick it in a bonus level poochie the dog that is like this emblem of the yoshi series appears in like two levels in this game really yeah huh they have the Huffin' Puffin, which is just a big, fat puffin, which has small children. And when you jump on the puffin's head, you can kidnap the children and use them as eggs. And as long as they find a way to boomerang back to you, they are an infinite supply of eggs. They're used in like four levels, maybe. Wow, alright. There is a transformation where you turn into a car. And... It is funny because you have little car legs and that you pull them up. So you go vroom up so that you can minecart your way through a level. It's in one level. You have a submarine transformation. It is only in secret areas. <laughs> okay. 
you turn into a train, which then melds into train track drawings on a wall so that you can path your way through little drawings on a wall while drawings of shy guys try to mug you. <laughs> it is a cool game with awesome sound design. I don't like Yoshi's Jump. Ah, doesn't pass the test. No. It's... I have always, always felt that this is a game where you overshoot your jumps. Like, Yoshi just feels like he goes a little too far and slips off of every platform that you aim him at. And it's a real, real shame because there is so much going on with this game. And it is the most confused identity of a Mario platformer I think I've seen. Because... The game judges you on a score of 100, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. So there's the criteria. You find five fl flowers in each stage, and those are like your star coins. Each one is worth about 10 points. Mm -hmm. You then have to get 30 stars, and these represent your hit points. You start with 10, and you can regenerate up to 10. But other than that, you have to preserve it. So it's basically don't get hit. Or get hit, but regenerate, find enough before you hit the end of the level. So basically, do the last stretch of the level perfect and also find enough resources. You then have to go through a level and find 20 red coins. These coins look like regular coins, mm. but they are a slightly right. different shade of yellow. Oh, I hate those things so much. This game also features pipes that only go one way and doors that lock you out of going backwards once you go into them. And sometimes there will be a door that goes to a bonus area, which has red coins in it. And sometimes there will be a door that goes and makes progress. And there's no differentiation between them. Exactly. Uh, I've, I've only Wh played one Yoshi game, and that was, I think, Woolly World. I got through, like, mm -hmm. one world of dealing with all that kind of stuff, and it's like, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm done. This, that combination of, like, encouraging 100%ing, but at the same time making it so unbearable to do is just, just the worst. <laughs> now, that's the thing. Sometimes this game leans into that, and usually it's in its castle levels, which are, like, multifaceted puzzle dungeons wherein you're like you have to ricochet your eggs in a certain way and if you do it extra you'll get a couple red coins mm. and because these areas naturally loop around on themselves you're able to see different pathways and figure out the right pathway through it in the best way and usually the right pathway is the most roundabout pathway okay okay so in those moments where it's like you have a central path, but you have four branching paths and each one has a key at the end that you have to unlock the center path with. You're still going through the entire level and it's done really, really smartly. Anytime that it leans into being a Mario level where you are actually having to platform, I think it's bad. Mm. Or rather, it depends on the length of the platforms. Because sometimes they will just have characters that knock you off cheaply, and then, oops, you've made one mistake, so I guess you just don't get the bonus now. Or, oops, that was a red coin there, buddy. Do you want to die and try again? Because these are long-ass levels. 
Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't compensate for how long each level is and how long Yoshi has to take in order to get through them. But at the same time, the game is constantly getting better. Like I would say that anyone who drops this game because of the first two worlds is absolutely justified because most of those are not great. But then you get to world three and there are monkeys that kidnap the baby. And I'm like, I like monkeys. And it starts actually having pretty creative and interesting level designs, starting with like World 2's Fort, uh, Big Boo's Fort. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, wait, I feel something from this. There's, hey, that's a blind boo that can only hear me with his giant ears. That's really funny. It's curing his shyness with blindness. He's only in this room for some reason. And like, I'm endeared to Yoshi's Island. It's a game that I wish I liked more than I did. And it's a game that I loved as a kid. Mm. Like I adored this title as a child. And when I was a child and this was super difficult, just getting through the game. And I didn't have to focus on a hundred percent because just getting to the end was this massive challenge in and of itself. It was incredible. Nice. Uh, this is like Crash 4? No, it's not like Crash 4, because Crash 4 is that experience I had with Yoshi's Island as a child. It is hard enough on its own to be rewarding without having to go through the bullshit. Yoshi's Island is too slow to be Mm -hmm. able to do that. Yoshi's Island is Crash 4 if it were all Cortex levels. (laughs) And, like, I hate to say it, like, I know people love this game. It's a classic game. I loved this game. I see why I loved this game. If anything, it's hitting the Crash 3 experience for me, but I like Crash 3 more now because it... I don't know. It... What do I want to say here? It's easier to deal with Crash 3's bullshit? Okay, sure. Just more enjoyable, yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Okay. It's funny, yeah. So, yeah, um, killer final boss still. Oh, yeah. The- one, of, one of the all-timers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God damn. That's a good boy. <sighs> so then I was like, okay, that's a lot of games, so I think I will take a break and play Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, as Mario characters. I couldn't quite escape Mario (laughs) because that would be really good footage to have. (laughs) And you know what? I still really love Super Smash Brothers Melee. I love it less than I thought I did. Yeah, I I played it recently, too, a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And it's... Brawl didn't do it to me. Smash 4 didn't do it to me. I think Ultimate was finally the the tipping point of like, okay, you're, you're whatever the gameplay thing I was looking for, you finally got it back, and now Melee just doesn't feel as good. Well, no, that's the thing. I still like the way that Melee feels the best mm-hmm. because it's... The issue I have with uh, Smash Brothers starting with Brawl is that you spend forever in the recovery phase. 
Yes. I I hate the edge guard phase because it's it's not what I love about fighting games. I love getting back in there. Mm. Like if Street Fighter has taught me anything, it's that being able to read the opponent's mix up and then losing that advantage is so important to me. The fact that it's not really there in Smash Brothers because the recovery phase is so weighted in favor of the person edge guarding. Mm-hmm. It's just, ah. and it's so much slower than a t- traditional one because you make those decisions a snap in a regular fighting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Smash Brothers, it is I am following the flow chart to hit whatever neutral air. Melee, it's just like you hit them the and you die, and I <laughs> yeah. feel good. Uh, the issue is most of the moves in character movesets in Melee are still clunky as hell. Yeah. Like, you hit them and it's like, oh, that is eight years more lag at the end than I expected. Oh, that move didn't come out? That's so weird. It it feels so odd playing it. Maybe it's being a DK main. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's part of it for sure. Maybe the way is just Fox. <laughs> maybe I just have to bite the bullet and get used to Fox. But I think playing melee realized that like I don't love melee any less, but I love Smash Brothers as a whole much less than I did before. Hmm. Okay. Because I am realizing that. My platonic idea of Smash Brothers, I like so much more than any individual Smash Brothers game. I can see that, actually. Yeah, yeah. My top ten has been pretty rock solid in that there have been nine games that do not move out of it. And Melee has always been the last rung on that ring because it is a defining game of my childhood. I have gotten grounded so many times because I refuse to stop playing Melee. (laughs) This may be the time where Melee falls out. I think that's fair. Yeah. And like, that's monumental for me. I keep track. I've kept track of the shit since like 2005 to some extent and melee has always existed there but not not anymore this is what breaks it out i will always i will always love this game to some extent i don't think i enjoy playing it anymore or no that's that's not to say i don't enjoy playing it because i do and like messing around with friends and four-player frenzies like that's always going to be fun Mm mm-hmm like, there's always going to be that sense of enjoyment. And Melee is still the best Smash game for... Okay, one more, though? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Because, like, it's just lightning that you get back into it. But I don't think it's landing the same way it used to for me. And, like, Donkey Kong does feel better in later Smash games, I will admit. Yeah, yeah, no, that that that's a low bar he has oh his stanky leg dash attack (laughs) (laughs) oh oh that that hurt to go back to realizing that i'm like so bad i have no good option out of a dash none 
Want to try out Melee just to play Marth? Yeah, I think that maybe the Spaceys, Marth, and Falcon are the way. And Sheik, but I've never liked playing a Sheik. Nah, so. Same. Yeah. Just does not enough damage. I like watching other people play Peach. Yeah. But a GameCube game that didn't quite disappoint me, that I've actually never played before, was Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Oh, okay. I have never gotten into the Mario Golf series because I asked my mom for it as a kid and she went, you will not like a golf game. You just want it because Mario is in it. And I went, yes. And she went, can you pick another Mario game? And I went, yes. So I played this game and I actually really like it. Now, keep in mind, I thought she was right for a very long time because I bounced off of Mario Golf 64. Mm -hmm. It's Mario Golf 64 is a very mean and rigid game. However, I really like Mario Golf Advance Tour, which was this game's uh, sister game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, this is the best Camelot RPG on the GBA. By a lot. Not going to even touch that anymore. I'm not risking it. It's the best one by a whole lot. There's a character named Gene Yus in this game, and he's very smart. There's a character named Elf who is so obscure he doesn't have a Mario wiki page. Wow. Okay. But yeah, no, playing Toadstool Tour, going through it, and then I pick DK, and I hear Grant Kirkhope's voice, and I'm like, what? You're here? <laughs> and slightly pitch-corrected? Cool! And then I pick Diddy, and I'm like, I know you! This is also DK64 samples! And then I start playing the game, and like, it just clicks. This game just works so well. It gives you just enough information of, okay, this is roughly where the ball is. This is your wind trajectory. This is your idea. Figure it out from there. And just you get a good feel of how golf is supposed to work. You get the idea of like, okay, given these conditions and calculating this and based on the green, which it gives you like a topographic uh layout of like you have this mm -hmm. much of a slope working against you when putting and you're like okay i just kind of have to feel it out and figure out where on the bar that would be and then you have to execute repeatedly and i'm like oh i get why golf is fun now it is just a game where it's like okay there is a correct solution to this perform mm-hmm and it is just asking that of you constantly. And Toadstool's tour is very nice because it has an automatic swing where it will just do the timing for you. But it will always do it so that it is slightly off. Ah! It will never give you the perfect one. But if you just are like, please, I just need to get out of the hole. I just need to do a basic drive to this general area. Then it will be very generous and go, OK, sure, buddy. Just tell me your power. And then you don't have to do the actual backswing. You just have to do the front swing. Okay, okay. But if you want to go for it, you got to go for it. And this game adds a lot of the ability to like 
when you hit your second timing of it, you can add super topspin or super backspin, which will push the ball forward when it lands or cause the ball to do a sonic spin dash in the other direction when it lands. But you have to decide that the moment you swing, not when it hits the ground. Ah, so you have okay, to hedge okay. your bets in the preparation phase. Interesting. It is a fascinatingly mentally taxing game in a very good way. All right, cool. I keep, I keep seeing score shots. How does a ball bomb swing a golf club? Oh, yeah. Sometimes there are just like developers in there. There's like, I think like Mushbert from the Mario comics is in there. Sometimes Link shows up. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's just... It's just that I'm I am surprised at how much I enjoy this game and how significantly more I prefer it to Mario Golf 64. Nice. Like going like this should be the same game, but the feel in this game is so much stronger and it has funny DK voice. So obviously superior. Obviously. Like what other character am I going to play as in this game? Diddy, but. What other character am I going? Well, Waluigi's actually. I'm looking at Pete Piranha right now. Come on, Petey is unlockable, so I don't have him yet. Oh, okay. this is the only game with Shadow Mario too, which is very funny. Oh, because this game came out right. less than a year after Sunshine. Shadow Mario is a separate character from Bowser Jr. By the way. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they they really believe that was going to be a thing. They really did. There's the idea. <sighs> so I was like, okay, that was a nice break from Mario games. Let's get back to some Mario games. So I started playing Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Even though the remake's coming out soon? You're, you're going to double dip? I want to refresh myself, you know? Because I want to feel like the yeah, differences. That's fair, that's fair, and like fair. Mario RPG is like a fun, light game. Like, there are seven stars, and it took me, like, an hour to get one of them. Not even that. 45 minutes to get the Mulville star. Okay, okay. It is a nice, brisk little game, and this game is just so super charming. Like, this is the first game that properly establishes the Mario world as more than just a series of obstacle courses. Mm -hmm. And it does it pretty well i do think that um the game's conceit is more like square or the idea of weapons and such are invading the mushroom kingdom but it's kind of goofy mm -hmm. so it doesn't really get to flesh out the mario world so much because it's introducing new things all the time it's not like and now we go to giant land and now we go to subcon or something it's like and now we go to moleville monty moleville no these are an entirely separate species of mole. Mm. Why did that activate Siri? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's a charming and simple game, but it's really quite fun. Like just going to individual pieces. Um, one of the nice things about this game is that a little hidden feature on it is that Mario has a spell called jump and he jumps on an enemy. And does. it does damage. Yeah, that's what he does. 
every single time you use that jump attack, it becomes one point of power stronger. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I love things like that. And that scales forever. But you can use the super jump where you just continually jump again and again and again. And eventually it becomes a one frame window. So you have the eventual weight of if you practice your jumps more, you get better. Here are two separate tests of this. And I love that. Yeah, those, that, that level of options is awesome. Mm hmm. It feels just a little unhinged for a Mario game of its time. And that's what I really enjoy about it. Because it's like you could go up to this kid's room and it's like, hey, Mario, can I jump as well as you? And you go, no. And then he stops jumping on his bed and he goes, well, thanks for crushing my dreams. You could go into Peach's room and collect Peach's question mark, question mark, question mark. And her grandmother will come and go, please put that back. Here's a bribe. I wonder if that's going to be in the remake. I know. There are so many little things about this. It it doesn't feel like a quite complete game. Because, like, sometimes people will just say things and I'm like... Given the context of the last sentence you said, that doesn't make sense. Because mm. it'll just be like, I want to be famous. I want to be a star. Okay, I don't want to do my big one, my big attack. And they'll be like, huh, he won't do his big attack. And he goes, okay, I'm going to do my big attack now. And I'm like, Punchinello, that's not how sentence structure works. <laughs> and then he just dies? Sure. <laughs> But at the same time, gosh, it's such a charming portrayal of Mario because he is a mute, but he is also a shapeshifter. He can turn perfectly into any other character in the game in order to charades out what he is saying. Oh, so so it'll be like, Mario, what happened? And he will just turn into Bowser and then turn into Peach cowering and then he'll turn into Bowser laughing and then he'll turn to himself and jump on Bowser and then he'll turn into Bowser again and collapse and then Mario will go it'll be like, Egads! You beat the cad Bowser? <laughs> but then what happened? And then Mario will turn rigid and angry and he'll be like, and then a giant thing fell out of the sky? Uh... Also, a kid insults Mario, and Mallow has to hold Mario back from slugging him in the face. And I'm like, yes. Mario, that is a child. And Mario's like, yes, but he talk a shit. <laughs> like, there is an energy about this game, and it's it's unique from sort of the off-the-wall darkness that later Paper Mario games went into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just... It's its own thing, and it feels very in line with SNES JRPGs. Like, this feels like a Square game. They're just kind of playing with having the Mario cast at their disposal and being like, okay, what would be fun with this? Mm -hmm. it, it feels like their own project. It's really, really quite unique. Nice. And just like, uh, the perspective of the game is bullshit for any sort of platforming. Yep, that's I think that's what's turned me off from most of my attempted playthroughs of it. It's just like I do yep. not. Yep, no, that perspective is just bad. I I will freely admit that. 
a lot of what the game does is more than enough to me to make up for it. But anytime I have to actually platform, who boy, that is not good. Mm. But yeah, I, I think I like the game more than Paper Mario. I'm about halfway through my playthrough of it. Nice. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, ah, I should probably take a break from Mario RPG. Just, you know, get some breathing room in. So uh, in order to take a break from Mario RPG, I played through the entirety of Mario and Luigi Partners in time. I was about to say Mario and Luigi, right? (laughs) Uh, This is the second game, and this was my first Mario and Luigi game. I somehow completely missed Superstar Saga. Um, Before now, I have never beaten this game. I got stuck on the final boss, and I lent it to a friend, and they never gave me the game back. Hmm... So this has been a game that I have chased forever, and it's been a game where people have said that, you know, it's, it's a Mario and Luigi game, but it's, it's not the good one. And I was like, I rather liked this game. What do you mean? And for the first while through this game, I went like, no, I really like this game. It's clever, it's witty, it's pretty damn funny. Uh, it writes Baby Bowser as this petulant little brat where Kamek is like, no, M- Lord Bowser, you, you need your drink. He- have some milk. It came from um an evil cow. <laughs> and he's like, how evil? Very evil. Nice. <laughs> or like there'll be little signs in Baby Bowser's castle that go... Aha, this is the secret move of throwing the prince off of your shoulders to get to a higher area. When Prince Bowser does it, say, Prince Bowser, you are the coolest. No one else could ever do that. And that's just written onto the tutorial signs. And I'm like, that's so cute. Toadsworth is unhinged in this game. It's great. Um, the enemies for this game, the shrooms, I love them. Because they are described as creepy and weird and alien from the start. And you just see a bunch of them staring out into space and it's legitimately unsettling. And like, they're really effective enemies. You first encounter them and they summon a spaceship and they beat Mario and Luigi easily. Like, without effort on the first go-round. Then you go to a forest where they are putting toads into trees that slowly drain the life force away from toads so that they can use their life force to fuel their spaceships. Okay. As you see toads merged into trees, begging you for help and trying to tell you where to go. Wow. (laughs) You then meet a giant shrub Yoshi who is eating other Yoshis so that in his stomach he can turn them into Yoshi eggs with the plan to eventually assimilate their minds and turn them into smaller versions of himself. Why why, why don't we have Mario games like this anymore? This, this is game so is so better. freaking cool! <laughs> Bowser gets to meet up with baby Bowser and neither of them realize it's a time paradox. So they're like, this guy reminds me of me. He's going to be my new sidekick. And And then they're falling away from each other and Bowser's going, little dude, never stop being evil. Be the coolest you can be. And baby Bowser goes, 
I promise. I promise, big dude. I'm going to be even more evil than you someday. <laughs> and like, I love this. I love this character interaction so much. And then I continue through the game and realize, oh, this is why I fall off every Mario and Luigi game. Because every single battle feels the same. Yeah. Because you realize, yeah. oh, this is the right thing to do against every single enemy in the game. Now, to the game's credit, obviously, there's different dodging mechanics for every enemy. So technically, every encounter feels unique. And sometimes they have really cool designs. Like they make a little planetoid of tiny warp pipes and little piranha plants that jump out of it. It's called Piranha Planet. And I'm like, that's such a cool idea for an enemy. And at the same time, it's like, once I have figured out your pattern, I'm going to get hit by it, like, five times learning it, and then it is, like, in here. It is ingrained. Mm -hmm. I know what's happening now. And that just happens through every single one of these. And it's it's unfortunate. Um, They replaced uh, FP or mana in this game with individual items. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a sense, it's supposed to be a replacer because this game is very stingy with hand without handing you a non-item healing. Like, there is a health block in the hub area, and that's about it. Wow, okay. Or if it locks you into a specific area, sometimes they'll get you a health block. But otherwise, free healing or the equivalent of an inn does not exist very often. So it's very clear that this game really wants you to buckle down with item management but it gives you so many items that it becomes pretty worthless like i had a badge equipped that's like increases your power with each item but you use four items every time you use one item and i'm like okay this is not a choice this is just optimal mm -hmm. how else am i going to use my 50 pocket chomps and eventually just items scale out and, like, in general, they're good items because it's not just, like, hit A, hit B. It's, like, play a small mini game where the shell bounces off of an enemy to your character. And depending on the enemy's position on your screen, the timing between Mario and Luigi will be different. And, like, that's cool. That's a good mini game. It's not a good mini game to do a hundred times. Mm. And at some point, it's just like, okay, can I just please press A and B to delete the enemy? Because, like, technically, it is an improvement, but it is also slowing the game down massively. So you get at this point where it's just like, okay, what do we do in order to make this difficult when we have a solved problem in all directions? And their answer is make every single boss a massive HP sponge. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is why. This is why this game was so hard as child. Because I had dumb baby brain. And did not know how to optimize well. But I did beat it. And like, the last boss is really, really cool and plays with the game in unique ways. And 
has really interesting things like they will summon a bunch of spaceships and then they will attack the spaceships to crash land on you and depending on if they're electrified or on fire they will hit mario and luigi which is their assigned elements from superstar saga and that is the tell Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's really cool. That plays on the lore. That's really nice. I love literally throwing a spaceship at me and I'm knocking it away. That's freaking rad. Uh, the final boss is Bowser, but he's possessed and he won't let you attack and you just dodge his attacks until you win. Yeah. And it's like, this didn't need to be here. You had a cooler and better final boss that actually worked. At the same time, I beat her very, very quickly because I found the option that did like 1500 damage per turn. Mm-hmm. And like damage sponges can be good, but you need to update their phases constantly in order to make it work. This is something that MMOs are really, really good at because they will have their enrage timers where it's like you have to beat this phase by this time. But superstar or partners in time just drags things out for so so long that it doesn't become an endurance match it just becomes long mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i monster hunter without having monsters get tired or get enraged it's just i am stuck with the issue of i really actually enjoy this game a lot a lot it does a lot of unique things and is really, really cool. Has great ideas, really solid writing the entire way through. Baby Luigi does the monkey as his idol animation, and it's the I'm best thing right ever. Now. <laughs> like, look at him go. Imagine that, but forever. I love him. Luigi is denied access to heaven for unspoken sins. It's great. Right! (laughs) At the same time, it's a game that is simultaneously too short and too long. Because they're literally just, what if we gave you two of the MacGuffins at the same time? It's clear that we had another area planned, but it didn't work out. Hmm. At the same time, and I'm like, yeah, you could have used the other area. At the same time, God, I was ready for the game to be over. And then the last dungeon, they're like, what if you were ready for the final boss, but we had a chain chomp add an extra hour to the game by redirecting your warp pipe? Ugh. Okay. And making you do more of the same dungeon with the same enemies, but for another hour. Yeah, Alpha, Alpha, I do miss Alpha Dream, but there's, like, those are problems that are present in, like, most of the things they make. Yeah. And I finished this game, I'm like, oh, wow. God, I hope Bowser's Inside Story is better than I remember it being. Because I don't want to say mean things about that game. At the very least, it'll have Bowser as a playable character. The writing will carry it. It will, but I thought that about this game, because this game is freaking cool. <sighs> so anyway, there I was. I've beaten two and a half Mario RPGs, like four platformers, bunch of spin-off games. What's one more? We beat Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door too. <laughs> 
how many games is that? I have not been keeping track. Cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is a game that I haven't replayed since like 2009. Mm-hmm. But it like it's Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door. If you grew up with it, you love this game, and no one will stop talking about it on the internet. It is immortalized as that one game that either is super, super great or you are annoyed that people are telling you that it is so great and are ready for them to shut up and are like, it is not that great. Do you see how much backtracking is in this game? And like any flaws that Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door has are true. It thinks it is very, very insanely funny to waste your time. It will tell the same joke about wasting your time three times and it will be unashamed with it. It'll be like, are you annoyed yet? And you'll go, yes. And then we'll go anyway. <laughs> like it is a frustrating experience of a game. I love this game. And not only do I love this game, I love it more than I thought I did. Really? Okay. Absolutely. Side quests in this game, absolute dog shit. Talking to individual characters in this game for incidental dialogue after every single chapter updates, immaculate. There's just a family of toads on the west side of town whose entire relationship is falling apart because the wife has a gambling addiction the father has writer's block the, there is a shut in child who will not leave his house and can only see his father's failure and said I've read my father's novels but he'll never get a job he's terrible <laughs> and a child who will not stay inside because his family won't pay attention to him and you slowly get to see the depths of their madness as they go further and further into a spiraling depression. And the wife is like, oh, my family misses me. It's okay. We're all independent. They love the freedom that this offers them. So I can stay at the slots. And then by the end of the game, they're like, hey, I invited my brother to go outside with me. And then my dad noticed that and he was like, you know, I think I'll go outside to find I'll go outside myself to find things. And the wife is like, you know, I still love gambling a whole lot, but maybe sometimes I'll go home. And by the end of the game, they're like an actual familial unit because they've recognized their stuff. And the little child who has gone, it's terrible for seven chapters in a row. Go. I have a cool family. Aww. And I'm like. This is just a random-ass story that you gave to NPCs that you don't have to interact with. There is no point to them, but they have their own little story, and I love it. And then right next door is the Koopa, who is so rich that he has lost the will to get out of bed. <laughs> because it's like, oh, well, here I am wasting away again another day. But you know what? I I bet on wrestling and I won. So I guess I'm richer. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the game, he's like, well, maybe I'll get out of bed today. 
Because you know what? I looked at the sky and I was like, I can't buy that. That's something out of my reach. And I was like, there are a lot of things out of my reach that I'll never see if I stay indoors for my whole life. Aww. You can go into the gambling den and you can slide through the bars of the gambling cage to talk to the Playboy Bunny girl Boo that is behind the counter. And every time that you beat one of the minigames, she will tell you more about herself. And I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing. This is new information. Like, the writing in this game is so good and so oddly sincere. And just like, I love this game. And I thought like, okay, the writing is going to carry this game. And it is better than I thought it would be. I haven't even talked about the rich Babam who is like, Hmm, I wonder if I can do a hostile takeover of this establishment. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. Don't you think so, sir? <laughs> but then I'm playing the gameplay and I'm like, oh, wait, I love this a whole lot more than Paper Mario because every single move in the game has a stylish command to it. Right, yeah. And that lets you do an extra thing that recharges your um, star power for your supers. And like, while I can manage to do, you know, optimal damage, I can do it in this more fun way where I'm constantly recharging. But going for those stylish moves messes up my general rhythm for the other ones because it makes the timing so much more strict. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a lot of the feeling I got with Toadstool Tour where it's like, yeah, there is an optimal way through this game. Um, good luck doing it. And I decided not to do a danger build this time because that does break the game. But I did a build wherein Mario can do all of these crazy damage moves, but he will regenerate all of his flower points as he's doing them. So, like, okay, I nice. can just... Essentially, I am a glass cannon mage Mario. Sure. And that was a fun build. At the same time, any debuff absolutely ruins me. And, like, I managed to die to a random boss in the final level that was not the final boss. I was like, oh, th this boss is a throwaway boss. I'm like, oh, damn. I might be dead. Oh, damn, I'm dead. And I'm like... You found a new way to challenge me, Paper Mario. And that was cool. If you're not doing the absolute optimum strategy for the game, it does find unique ways to challenge you. It's constantly kind of mean. Like, it will have enemies that charge up their attack by, like, four times the normal value, paired with enemies that cause sleep. Mm -hmm. And then it will take away your partner. And oh, I'm like, oh, shit. I have no options here except to either get good or plan for this. And I'm like, that's cool. This game is so solidly well considered. And it does have its obvious flaws. It does. Hmm. Like there are long stretches of the game where if you are not into long dialogue trees that are well written, you will not enjoy parts of this game outright. Like, the part where it's like, we're going to do a parody of Murder on the Orient Express. There is no combat. It is just stupid detective puzzles that aren't very smart, but are charmingly written. If you're not into that, that is two hours wasted. Mm -hmm. 
Oh god, two? I okay. But if you are into it, it might be your favorite part of the game. And that's what's so interesting to me, because it's a game that is constantly, constantly trying. And then I figured out a way to make it better. Nice. Are you familiar at all with the character Flavio? I, I hear the name all the time. I have no idea who it is. Flavio, I don't even have a face to put to it. Flavio is a weird Simpsons character who is in this Mario game for some reason. He is a wealthy entrepreneur who has his own little mini character arc from being a rich man who will throw all of the bodies in front of him to protect himself. Oh, this dude. This guy. Yes. To I will be brave and I will defend my people. I am the captain of these people and it is time that I finally stepped up and grew a pair. It's a really nice little mini arc for this character who by all means shouldn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. in this game it is possible to glitch in in just the regular version of this game into unlocking fast travel to the little area where you get him mm -hmm. if you have him join as a temporary party member who does nothing during this game and you go into that pipe you can continue the game from that point on and he will follow you for the rest of the game Oh, oh, I, I see where you're going with this. Okay. The game is programmed to make him spawn in and follow Mario at every opportunity, but sometimes it does not know where it is supposed to go. So sometimes Mario will be blasting off to the moon and there is Flavio superimposed on top of the moon, blocking the moon as Mario flies to him. <laughs> There is a time where oh, Mario yes. and his companion will turn into 8-bit versions of themselves and Flavio will just be there and he won't be an 8-bit version because that isn't programmed. But when you leave the room, the game doesn't know what to load the partner's data to so they will become a second Flavio. <laughs> Mario and Peach are having a romantic moment as they are sailing off and then Flavio slowly drops in from the sky to get between them. You sure this wasn't intentional? <laughs> Goombella will be writing you a letter about all the wonderful adventures that she had with you, and Flavio will drop in, but he is dropping over water, so he is constantly falling in the water, then respawning over <laughs> the water to fall in the water, so he can respawn over the water infinitely as she is giving you a heartfelt goodbye. Oh, that's amazing. It was the single most delightfully hilarious glitch I have ever had. Sometimes he'll just show up and hang out with Bowser. Sure. Why not? Why not? Sometimes a character will be having a dramatic flashback, watching their memories slowly fade away as they accept death, and Flavio will jump in and be there in their flashback as they say thank you. <laughs> There's only Flavio. <sighs> but yeah, I I enjoyed the gameplay of this more than I thought. I found new things to appreciate about the writing. I haven't even talked about Luigi. 
who goes on his own separate adventure, which he over-dramatizes for your sake so that he sounds cooler, and then leaves out important details at the end because the ending didn't go the way he wanted to. But the novelization of his adventures that he allowed to happen will tell you the true ending for 128 coins per volume. (laughs) And the novelization goes, ah, yes, while his older but less talented brother was off doing some menial task, Luigi bravely dashed into action and answered the call for adventure. Ending with the famous line as Luigi sulked into bed, battle-worn and weary, his eyes opened, and he said to the heavens, I shall return. (laughs) Yes, I love, 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 just self-esteem lacking narrator Luigi. Just... This game gives me so, so much. It makes me care about Mario more than any other game ever has. And like that to me is worth any number of flaws that the game might have. Mm -hmm. Just uh, what other Mario game am I going to get? crows that complain about the proliferation of fossil fuels and how and what other alternative energy sources we could use uh i mean mario's time machine maybe based on what you told me (laughs) no i don't think so i don't think so buddy and it's still in a gameplay loop that i enjoy i found new things and i thought i knew everything about this game that i did like Is it a game for everyone? No. Is it necessarily a great Mario game? No. But it is a game that I think does the most with Mario and has the idea of, like, Mario is an established entity. What other stories can we insert him into in order to make it both heartfelt and true to the ideas of Mario and just, like, bravery and doing the right thing and just, like, he's... He's the platonic idea of a hero. Yahoo! Mm. While simultaneously expanding on its characters and also managing to parody them. Nice. And I don't think that any other game does that. Yeah, no, I nothing's coming to mind. Like, Super Paper, kind of, but it really wants to do its own thing, too. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just, like, has Mario as an incidental every man for its scenarios more than it does explore Mario things. Cause like it's alternate dimensions and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the Mario multiverse movie, oh, but yeah, totally is. yeah, just going through all this and going through it. This is the game that made me feel like, God, I love Mario. And having gone through a lot of Mario, that's a very important thing. Excellent. Excellent. I think this is this and maybe New Super Mario Brothers are the games that impress me the most out of everything that I went through for another time and like refresh my opinions and and Mario three. But this one, like I thought I would love it. I didn't know how much love there was in my heart. And that's it's hard to go to a game that you loved and realize I love it even more. 
and I do. And that's that's a really special feeling. Absolutely. I'm done. Are you that, sure? That, 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 that's all the games we, I played. We, we talk about Mario Galaxy, maybe, if you want to. No, I'm good, Sunshine? Chief. Alright, alright. Oh, oh, actually, I did play Sunshine. Oh, God Shit, damn it. I forgot. Anyway, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, I played a bit of that. Um... I mostly sorry, just played guys. the end, and I uh, I glitched uh, the ending so that the water in Bowser's bathtub didn't load. So he was attacking me with nothing, and just in a void. Oh, okay. Uh, that final boss is bullshit. It's based on RNG, and guess what? I couldn't see the RNG this time. <laughs> um, that game is good. And uh, it feels good to move as Mario, and uh, it is so focused on making organic landscapes that I don't think it has good level design most of the time. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like, it is a fun game when I am not playing the game. <laughs> yeah. It, when I am having my own fun bullshit adventure, it's super fun. You got anything else? I'm not I'm not risking throwing out any more suggestions. No, no, no. <laughs> Great. <laughs> then I have a favor to ask everyone in chat because um in order to stop myself, I've ordered a Steam Deck. And that is my yes. means to actually play video games now. And this will actually hopefully get me to play games. Like I might be able to play Hi-Fi Rush. I might be able to play Pizza Tower. Yes. I might be able to play Baldur's Gate finally. So I have a favor to ask everyone in chat, and that is I am debating what my Baldur's Gate 3 character should be. I have narrowed it down to two options. Your first option is I don't I believe he'll be a rogue and he will be an orc and his name will be Captain Bloodshoes and he will be a pirate. And his objective will to be a debonair swashbuckling pirate, but he is also stupid. So it is very difficult for him, but he is street smart, but he is dumb. Okay. okay. However, when he le when he sees that clown side quest, oh, he's going to lead into that clown side quest. That sounds fun. Like my other option is to have, I don't know if he will be a ranger or if he will be like a lower powered wizard, but just Ken from Barbie. <laughs> and he will cast Kentrips. Kentrips. <laughs> and I do not know if that is too much of a meme because I am a little bit attached to Captain Bloodshoes. I mean, my, my vote's for the Kentrips. That's really good. <laughs> but he will be handsome and he will take the options that keep him more handsomer. Alright, so, so please let me know which you would prefer so I can give you the proper story because I don't know if that's a good idea for a first playthrough. Oh no, Ken Kentrip sounds like a wonderful first playthrough. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <sighs> okay. 
All right, that that seems like a pretty strong thing, but uh, I will leave that up. Uh, please leave a comment uh, down below if you're listening to this in post. All right, the captain or Ken. <laughs> so please let me know. Okay. Um, was that like an hour and a half of me talking about Mario? Ah, I was talking about Baldur Gates for a bit, but yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> okay are you cool. alive <laughs> uh let's let's move on now shall All we move right. on to the broken transition for future sight future sight oh shit i host this segment too ha <laughs> uh, that's, okay that, that's that's four episodes where we're highlighting nicholas cage being in dead by daylight <laughs> oops <laughs> That's okay. It's great. It is very great. Everyone loves it. All right. Let me move this over so I can see chat still. Great. This is the section where we talk about news and games and stuff. Um, big news to come out of this is uh, Charles Martinet is stepping back as the voice of Mario to become a Mario ambassador. This is also his retirement from the roles of Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, Baby Mario, Baby Luigi, and Baby Wario. Mm-hmm. What, what, what a career. What a great career. Um, I get annoyed at everyone who's like, his first game wasn't actually Super Mario 64. It was Mario's Fundamentals. And I go... No, you idiots. It was certain versions of Mario Teaches typing. You just want to feel important. And before that, he was doing it at trade shows for five years. Um, but yeah, Martinet, what a fantastic talent. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. th this isn't an overall retirement of voice acting, by the way. Um, this is just a retirement of the Mario voice. And yeah. you... You can you can hear it's getting a little tired now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, plus, you want to start something new bef before the Martinez voice goes out altogether. Like, yes, you, you want to have to change. Exactly. Um, I appreciate them keeping him on as Mario ambassador, and people are like, "Oh, they fired him. This means nothing." No. I went, "No." They are paying him to not be Mario's voice in any parody work. <laughs> this is 100% so what that means. <laughs> oh, this is so you don't get though. in like five years. The indie project Scario, the scarred plumber, where he goes, it's -a me. Wahoo, motherfuckers. And so I keep doing nice con appearances and stuff. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all that is. There's a nice eternal payoff. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were that, I would take that deal. But, yeah, um, it's a voice that I love. He really gave a lot of life to characters. Mm. Like, 
not just the usual bing bing wahoo but just uh little things in spin-offs like i remember when uh, he improved a line for waluigi and mario power tennis where like wario is hit with a tennis ball and they're doing a blooper reel and he goes ha, don't expect mouth to mouth <laughs> and I'm like that's the life of martinet that i'm gonna miss because he really managed uh, over the years to really flesh out these characters and develop them. And like appearances like WarioWare Gold and Luigi's Mansion and all these mm. where he really gets to let these characters live and breathe. It's like he clearly has such a passion for them. Mm. And just, yeah, I'm going to miss him. He's a big voice from my childhood. Yeah. I think I think it's one of the one of those situations of don't don't mourn the loss, celebrate what happened, you know? Exactly. But speaking of children, um, if you died and you had to give one of your children um, all of your identity, which child would you choose to follow in your footsteps? Uh, do I get options to choose from, or do I have to imagine children? Sure. Uh, would it be your shitbag son? Would it be one of your 18 illegitimate children? Would it be your grandson? Or would it be your pet bear? Oh. Oh, absolutely the pet bear. Are you kidding me? Congratulations. Tekken completely agrees with you. Hey, Hachi Mishima is dead, and we have the reveal of Kuma who has taken Heihachi's gi and his fighting style so that Heihachi Mishima's fighting style will be represented in Tekken 8 by Karate Bear. Yes! I am so happy. Uh, basically, Tekken 8 had a big leak of characters earlier, and mm. they just decide, okay, screw it, we'll reveal all of them that were leaked. Here you go. And, you know, they're, they're neat. Yoshimitsu looks cool and less like a freak than usual. Mm -hmm. But, like, Kuma has a rocket launcher that is a tuna. And is also, like, my dead dad, who is not my dad, who is my dad's dad, but is also my dad. <sighs> and that is so, so rad. Uh, the game was also given a release date, which was January 26, 2024. So not quite the immortal year of fighting games that people were expecting. It doesn't quite reach 2023. That's okay. It no longer has to lose best fighting game to Street Fighter. This is true. Yes. Or Mortal Kombat for people who sell out and don't know what fighting games are. <laughs> I would be so pissed if... if I Mortal want Kombat it to happen just to see your reaction. <laughs> if Mortal Kombat 1 wins a fucking Jeffy, I will be so upset. Um, it also revealed the saddest looking battle hub I have ever seen. Right. Oh, where it's that like was, that your was... Xbox Live avatar can hang out, but not model break. And they specifically said no freaks. That's one of those like Disney side games that they try to live off of brand recognition also it's offline only for uh for a hub yes what the hell yes this is a single player why? mode why because why they saw street exist? fighter had it 
Uh-huh. But would you want it online, given that Tekken 8 has rolled out its netcode? And guess what? It's bad. I'm shocked. I actually am shocked. Because I everyone know. else has figured it out. Yeah, but Harada doesn't like it. Yes. But Harada was like, fine, you fuckers. We have it. Shut up. And that was just a lie. Yeah, or if been... it wasn't a lie, it's still bad netcode. Hmm. Like, guess what? That has bottomed out my hype for Tekken 8. Like, nothing else. Even, like, even, but, but, cybernetic tuna. Yes, that will be very funny to watch in highlight reels that won't happen because no one plays Kuma. Okay, yeah, fair. That's true. That's true. Just, ah. Uh, ah! Uh, speaking of Jeff, it's not on the docket, but uh, congratulations, Jeff Keighley, on proving that anyone at any time can just jump on stage with you and say whatever they want. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> stand there and go, we'll do something, but let him cook though. I mean, Bill Clinton really wants to play GTA six. This is important information for the world to know. Like, how did you not recover from the first time? Cause like, what is going to happen at his next trade There's show? There's going to be a third one. It, it's going to be a whole group of people. They can't stop all of us if we Naruto run at Jeff Keighley all at once. Uh, just lean into it. Make Bill Clinton present GTA 6 at this point. Oh, my God. Admittedly, if they do invite Bill Clinton to the Game Awards, that would be very funny. <laughs> uh, he's the one that runs up on stage. Like, it wasn't planned. Yeah. It just happens. <laughs> okay anyway uh talking about good games uh crab battle 2 introduces tiny humans to mount the crabs uh excuse me this is called fight crab 2 i had to google it i'm sorry fight crab 2 my bad i know it is crab battle because people see it and go crab battle what a, what a brilliant, stupid design for a game. Now, this was originally a game where you simply fight crabs, but now the crabs are mechs. Mm -hmm. And now you can dismount your crab mech to hijack the other crab mech to ATAT -AT it to the ground. Oh, it's Titanfall with crabs! It, yes! It is. It's Call of Duty with mechs, but the mechs are crabs. Fight Crab 2, Crab Battle! Ah, glorious. Absolutely glorious. I've nothing else to say other than congratulations. Every single time that we make something, we gain closer to the optimal body shape, which is crab. <laughs> this is true. This is true. It is. So many species have evolved. Separate species have evolved forward, and the end goal is always crab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our ascension is nigh. It is. We gain closer 
to the perfect form that Flavia wanted for all of us. Um, but you know what isn't the perfect form for all of us? Enlighten me. PlayStation Plus. No, which it's is not. increasing its prices. The base price will be eighty dollars a year, or seventy nine ninety nine rather. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra is w- going to go up to one thirty four ninety nine, and Premium will go up to one fifty nine ninety nine per year. I'm just gonna ask if I just googled it myself. That is like going from sixty to eighty. Yeah. It's up to $40 per year, which is just like, PlayStation, you're making enough. Come on. You don't need that much for an internet service. Can you imagine paying $80 for an internet connection? Fair. On top of your $80 for an internet connection? On top of any other services you're doing? Apparently Sony can. They can imagine it real well. Yeah. Uh, God. Does this make sense in Japan? Because, uh, like, I feel like for a nation as with the good Wi-Fi and the good internet that Japan has, this makes logical sense. For the United States, I don't get it. Internet just isn't that good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. We don't. Like, Japan does not have an equivalent to Iowa in terms of Wi-Fi drought. Mm-hmm. Just, I feel like the internet is expanding too fast for people to catch up with, and it's just not worthwhile for anyone. Yeah. Because I, I don't doubt that servers are expensive to maintain. And that, like, this price may be necessary. However, it's not good enough. Yeah, like, keep talking about cloud gaming and just, that's not happening. Oh my god, I don't have it. Do you see that the fucking PlayStation Switch thing doesn't even support cloud gaming? (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) It's $200 for what? Uh, A lesser Steam Deck. A lesser Wii U tablet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, even. Like, the Steam Deck you can take to an airport and still play it. This one still needs to be in range of the console, and is Wi-Fi only, and has no cloud. How do you look at the Wii U and come up with something worse? That's genuinely impressive. Hey, Dash, what do you mean, not a ton? I said a ton today. You appreciate the content that I've shoved down your throat. Eat up, piggy. It's a me. Huh. Anyway, Aki's gameplay was revealed. Ah, oh, it looks so good. It looks so, so good. That, that, the, what is that? Just lying on the back and just shoulder rolling. Oh, the, the, the wiggle, 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 wiggle. Gosh, it's I'm so, just so creepy. Glad. I love it. I know it's unsettling. It's great. I look at it. And I go, shit, I want to play this character. And like, I didn't feel that for Rashid. I was like, this is too complicated for my brain. I, yeah, I love watching him, but no. But her, I'm like, you shot out all the poison missiles. In, like, oh, that's su- the level two super dude. It, 
Oh my god. Just the web of purple. God, my... I watched that over like ten times. It's so... It looks so good. It looks good. so nice. Uh, apparently, um, her poison will cause a stack of poison, which uh, will poison you until you hit her, in which case that will negate the poison. If she hits you with sure. it again, the poison inside your body will explode doing additional damage. Ooh, okay. So you actually have an incentive to double poison someone instead of just playing keep away. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it seems that this is just fong, but good. God, the, the slithering grab, which like literally just goes all the way around you and just crushes your neck. Just goddamn. Uh, what do you think her name means? A.K.I. A.K.I. Uh, I will remind you of what Fong's name was. Uh, okay. F.A.N.G. stands for Fantastic Asian Notorious Gang. <laughs> Ah, uh, I guess in that case. Please leave Asian in the comments what you think AKI could stand for, given her master, Fantastic Asian Notorious Gang. Asian Killing Institutions? <laughs> Asian Killer Injection? That's 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 too easy. That's too easy. It's gotta be it's gotta be weirder than that. Awesome kaleidoscopic inferno. I would love that. I don't think that's what it is, but if that's how, with, like halfway through the story mode, that's how she explains it, and it's just <laughs> left at that. I would adore that. Yes. Good backstory too. They uh, released a little comic on it. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, we're we're like, um, she's a lady of the night and is trying to proposition Fong, and he is like, hmm, the poison leaves me with my dick go soft. However, <laughs> you're interesting. And it's it's like just sort of a found cult kind of mentality. Okay. Of okay. just destitution into Yes! The poison! Thank you, chat. You're very inspired. <laughs> but, you know, in, in this day and age, there's a lot of issues. And a big one is crime. And we have to come down harshly on crime, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, So, sure. you know, when a man goes to a warehouse... And he steals 67 copies of Starfield and leaks footage on the game. We have to consider, oh, man. Oh, that's such an issue. That's such a criminal issue. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when he goes to done. sell it all on Mercury, the early editions, we have to go, no, that's, that's actual crime, my guy. But then when people start to call him out that his gameplay is shit online... And he posts a review of Starfield, an unreleased game that he stole, and says, no offense to you. No offense, Todd Howard. Love the game. 
and shows his face doxing himself so that he can prove that nah nah it wasn't me I was just trying a new thing though <laughs> directly to the person that would sue him it's like poetry it writes itself <laughs> That is the story. A man stole 67 copies of Starfield leaked footage and in order to prove that he was a gamer, released a review that doxed himself. Oh. There is some good in the world still. <laughs> uh, was there uh, any update damn. on like what happened to him? Or is it still kind of in the air? I, I think he's he's arrested for sure. Oh yeah, for, for sure, sure, for sure. What a prison story like, to tell. All right. <laughs> Just imagine, like in the cell, like I killed a man. What'd you do? I stole I stole sixty seven copies of Starfield and just move away. <laughs> and then he turns to him, and Yuji Naka waves, and the Starfield guy moves away. Saw this bit in a Nickelodeon sick. This is a Drake and Josh bit. Yes. Ah. Uh. what are you doing? I just stole 67 copies of Starfield. And I leaked the footage on the internet. But you did it bad. You did it bad, Drake. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Please list in the comments your favorite gaming stories that could also be turned into Nickelodeon sitcoms and do it in the form of Drake and Josh talking to each other. That that would delight. That's all I ask for. Well, no, I ask for good comments and good questions as well, but mostly that. Hope you all got a good laugh today. Um. Anyway, there was a Super Mario Brothers Wonder feature direct. Yeah. I'm so surprised by how, much, how excited I am for this game. That game looks good. It really does. Uh, there was a report that um, the devs basically had as much time as they wanted to experiment with it with no given mm -hmm. due date. And like, that's great. Never expect that to be a standard in games. Yes. Yes. You will that, end is, up that is an exception, not a rule. Games not being released. This is a wonderful, wonderful happenstance for it. Uh, it's it's not the standard. Yeah, no, you, you, there, most of the time you need somebody up in the industry to tell you, okay, creative, stop. Mm -hmm. Pe those people are never going to try to keep over design. Like, what, what's the game? Star Citizen? That's still... <laughs> that, oh, the scam? In open beta? Uh, Pre-alpha, actually, the, I think. Oh, man. Yeah, bet. Yeah, that should be the next bet. What's coming out? Star Citizen or Yandere Simulator? <laughs> oh, man, this game just looks good. It does. I'm. The badges are what excite me the most. Yes. Oh, the second I saw that, and just like, oh wait, no, you, you're kind of cooking with this. That that having that, that modularity to gameplay, yeah. like. Like, I can see that they have levels designed around it where it's like, clearly, oh, this doesn't work without this badge. But at the same time, being able to freely go about that to both create challenge for the game and also expansion for, like, speedrun potential. Like, obviously, one's going to come to the forefront. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you, for can, sure. But you can also have just, like, an all-grapple run. And mm -hmm. that's cool. 
Um, Elephant Toad gives me joy because he looks like <laughs> yes! Taj the Genie. And I'm like, damn, the sheer amount of Alakazoom rating radiating out of this boy. Uh, Yoshis can ride Yoshis. Uh, people's I, minds have been expanded I if they did really not play Yoshi's Woolly Rolls. Just I, Kirby uh, Return to Dreamland that. Yes. Yes. Can you beat the game with the Yoshi Tower? Mm-hmm. Uh, you could turn the hint flowers off, which good. Like, yes, as much as I am at the point of, like, I'm fine with the voice acting, I'm, I'm good with it. When they showed they could give you hints on the environment, I went, I don't want that, though. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to add Atreus to the game. You're on fire, Mario. It'll pass. You actually played it? You went to PAX, Magalord? Awesome. Dude! Nice. Inside scoop. Let's go. I'm glad to hear the game is good. It looks good. I'm most excited for just just, just the animations. It, I... Odyssey was good, but it was just Mario. I love seeing just so much life being injected into so many different things in the Mario universe here. Mm -hmm. This was like a tug of war for me because I was like, okay, it's going to be pretty hard to impress me. And then it would show like badges on like, yo, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, the enemies, they're okay. And then I saw Mama and I'm like, yo. Yo, big mouth boy? It's just constant one-upsmanship of like, ah, oh, the power-ups don't look that great. Ooh! Just constant feelings of ooh. And like, good! It would take a lot for me to get interested in a Super Mario Brothers game. I am interested in a Super Mario Brothers game. Oh, yeah. Okay. To the extreme of that with me, I, I don't really care about mario games in general but this this is this has got me more than pretty much any i can't think of another one that's captured my heart this strongly oh odyssey hit me in its pre-release cycle really hard I, yeah that, that's nothing that really compares just that realization of when they first revealed that yeah that here's these power up you can just capture any unit that you see oh when they showed me Tostaria with the little, um, single, no, not, uh, Dia de los Muertos skeletons, I was like, I love you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is good. This is, I feel happy. Yeah, I, I can't, can't wait to see it. I want to play. Yeah. Me too. And that's good. That's what a Mario game should do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you know what other series is starting to innovate? No, it's not. That's right. Ahead. It's Pokemon who are figuring out the way to the hearts of children. Because do you know Hatsune Miku? Yeah. Awesome. Pokemon is collaborating with Hatsune Miku to show Hatsune Miku in different Pokemon themed outfits. As well as new Hatsune Miku albums featuring Pokemon sounds. A whole 18 tracks. Yay! September 29th. Of all the things that series needed, that's... There was a void there, and that void Finally, is now filled. Pokemon is crossing over with the famous creator of Harry Potter and Minecraft. 
to bring you the ultimate gaming experience. Admittedly, they are showing her partnered with a bunch of Pokemon, and uh, they're actually really cute because, of course, they started with uh, Farfetch'd. I do appreciate the Farfetch'd love. Because of, of the leak, yeah. And then, uh, what's the final form of Fuecoco? I don't know, man. The, 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 the cool ghost cross... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have art with her with uh, that Pokemon. And just, like, it works really well. And they're just both screaming into a microphone. <laughs> okay. Like, like, don't get me wrong. It is cute. It's It's just... I have a right to be excited about Pokemon on things that are not directly related to Pokemon. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Let me have this. This is fun. You know what isn't fun, though? Go on. You're leaving me hanging here. I have to... I you have know what a is list fun, of news though. things in front of me. <laughs> I I know, but you could play along a little bit. Pokemon. Damn, you so right, but not in this case. It's corporate assimilation time. Yay! No. Uh, Volition Software, um, our Volition Group, developer of the Saints Row series, has been shut down effective immediately after an Embracer Group restructuring. Oh, so this wasn't like Saints Row performed badly. It's just like, oh, no, yeah, we're just going to cut this, cut this. Oh, this can't quite fit. Yeah, go on. No, this this means we're going to cut this because Saints Row performed badly. Ah. I honestly forgot the game came out in the first place. Yeah, uh, it it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, That's a shame. Uh, Embracer Group bought a lot of companies that we reported on last year. Mm -hmm. So this is the inevitability of that. Yep. Not the the Um, sign moving forward for the other ones. It's a shame. I know the company was struggling and has like a lot of history i think didn't they do like red faction as well i think so yeah yeah not i mean i i like the later saints row games i do oh yeah fun and irreverent yeah energy of the series tremendously like this is this is a tragedy it's just not not a very surprising one it's yeah it's one that writing was on the wall It's, it's just a shame they just celebrated their anniversary like here's to a lot more and then within a week we're shutting down oh, effective no. immediately. Yeah. No, I think it was either 25 or 30 years that they were celebrating. And then this came out real close as a chaser. Like you could see both announcements side by side on their website. It's sad. <laughs> oh, that means they got blinded signed by that. That's even worse. Yeah. But you know what also came out in the 90s? But isn't dead? Are you sure? <laughs> that refuses to die for that, weird yeah, reasons? No, yeah, that's... that's no matter accurate. how much I wish it, <laughs> due to my personal vendetta. That's right, it's Rugrats Adventure in Gameland, a new NES-inspired Rugrats platformer releasing 2024. Why? What? 
where is the audience for this? Um, at limited run games fans. Ah, okay, okay. The, the novelty of owning uh, it. Shantae fans. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. There you go. Uh, people who really like Shovel Knight. Sure. I can, I can, I can see it. I can see people it. who still support Kickstarters. But yeah, no, this looks really cool. The style is like spot on for late age NES, like combined with like Game Boy Color sort of vibes to it. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is great. Um, Tommy Pickles, I hate you. You have ruined a portion of my life, you realize. I can't tolerate this. I know nothing about you. However, know that my hatred for you burns brighter than most other things. Die, small child. You know what? That's anyway, the valid. game looks good. I, I can't say good. regrets characters either. <laughs> well, no, I... This is the one point of contention where I'm like, no, Doug Walker gets it. He gets a pass. I feel this. When he's like, my life was ruined by a cartoon character. I'm like, no, vouch. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, what games are coming out? I don't have that list in front of me and I'm tired. Uh, what's even the month? September 20. September to October. They're yeah. not Baldur's Gate 3, so who cares? Yeah. Oh, and uh, Ember was announced for uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, before I forget. All right, yeah. It's like, yeah, cool pull, cool pull. pull. Glad that they figured out how to make that style of character work from a side view. Uh, oh, your favorite game is coming out. Yeah, the one you're so excited oh. for. Famously, Mortal Kombat 1, Piers number one, most anticipated Yo. for 2023. Yo, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for Megan Fox as Nitara. <laughs> right? Okay, you know, I, I will kind of defend that. Apparently she's a huge fan of the series. No, 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 that's that, that's good for her. But, like, God. I don't like characters in the likeness of actors. Like, like Mortal Kombat is a stupid-ass series. Let them be characters. Jean-Claude Van Damme, I'll give a pass. But, like, don't model don't model Sonya Blade after Ronda Rousey. That's all I'm asking. Not in much for September. But October will be cool. That that's when literally everything comes out. <laughs> well no, literally everything came out last month. True, 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 true. Cause it's like, oh my god, I wasn't interested in Armored Core 6, and then I saw someone made Megas XLR in it, and I went. <laughs> And you have a recipe that I can replicate that with? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh no. I didn't realize this was a fun dress up game. You might need to. You might not have a choice. Baldur's Gate 3, and Pizza Tower, and Hi Fi Rush, and the rest of the Mario series. I have a plate to finish. Now, that, that pit plate overflowed a long time ago. Baldur's Gate 3 itself can't fit on that place. I've been scarfing it down pretty good, my guy. Bonus stage? 
Ah, uh, what are you working on first? Oh, right, right, right. Um, author needed a little bit more time with her video, so um, definitely granted for that. Um, by the end of the month, um, we will be having a couple videos out. Um, I'm planning another video release this week on Kirby. Yay! So please look forward to that. Um, I will say what the subject is in five seconds. So mute your. So uh, consider this a warning if you want that to be a surprise. Five, four, three, two, one. Waddle D. The the best of boys. You are now free to continue listening to me. <laughs> Please look forward to that. Nice. Uh, as for me, I, I'm working less on videos, more just... I'm trying to relearn six years of math in four months for school. On top of yeah, that's hard. working overtime to try to afford school. And that is kind of taking up all of my energy and time and then some. So I don't know when or if anything is going to be uploaded this month. We shall see. Yeah. Oh, Liza P comes out next. How could you not tell me that Liza P comes oh, out? Oh shit, right. That is a thing. Also, the yeah. Monster Hunter Pokemon. God damn it. I'm going to have to play yeah, that. Yeah, God. God, come on. I, come on. I got all these new stories. All you had to do was say a list of games. Don't you want the game where you put the pee parts into your body? <laughs> Don't you want the game where you can put the pee parts into your body? How fast, thank you. <laughs> that said, That's the li called. Lies of P does look... Just the aesthetic of that game is impeccable. Yes. Puppets are so cool. Yes. Okay, now bonus stage. Okay. Welcome to bonus stage. Alright, I think I've started like the last three episodes. You want to go? Yeah, I, I got this. Um, So... <clears throat> I didn't quite get to what I wanted to do for this one, which would be, like, recommend p if people should see the Netflix One Piece. Oh, shit. Which, like... Well, well I, in about 20 minutes, we're gonna have a problem. That's no problem. I'm glad that we didn't take the same show-and-tell project to class. Awesome. Uh, but I watched a bit of it and did enjoy so let that be the hanging fruit for this. Um, this was a bad month for people dying. Oh, a lot of people died. Um, and a lot of people that I really, really did care about. Um, the original voice of Harley Quinn passed away. Um, professional wrestler Terry Funk, Bob Barker, the main singer of Smash Mouth. Just a lot of recent voices, but um, one that passed away that hit me hardest, uh, he was only 36, was uh, Wyndham Rotunda, who was the uh, professional wrestler Bray Wyatt, mm. who 
passed away of uh, heart complications after contracting COVID. So I want to take the moment here that I have to sort of celebrate what he was and what he did in the wrestling industry and what a creative and intoxicating voice he was because um you know he had about as rough of a start for a wrestling gimmick character as you can get um he his name was husky harris you are probably not getting over as husky harris probably not no Probably not. Um, he was part of the Nexus storyline, which was a bunch of up and comers being like, John Cena is ruining wrestling. So we are going to take over the WWE and defeat John Cena. And then John Cena beat all of them. Mm-hmm. And then that like wrecked their momentum a lot, a lot. But then he reinvented himself. He went back to their um, developmental program as the character Bray Wyatt. And this was a very Cape Fear inspired character. It was um, the wrestling equivalent of a cult leader. And unlike a lot of wrestlers, he spoke very quiet, very poetic, very sing song, very layered in sort of a southern drawl, sort of bio bio magic inspired sort of idea taking you to the promised land finding a way and it was it was intoxicating in such a unique way because he surrounded himself with indomitable giants of wrestlers uh, luke harper and eric rowan and they were just a force because bray would simply talk and he would have the muscle to have things happen like it was a character that it was it's the cool version of a cult leader wherein you get to be intoxicated by what they say but you don't have to sign your life away instead you get to be a fan of them because they do cool things in a wrestling ring and like his finisher was like he would lean you down kiss your forehead like he was baptizing you and then twist and slam you to the mat like as a presentational force he was so cool and so different from anything else that was going on in programming at the time mm-hmm. it was awesome because he, his idea was just to lure other characters into the dark side to become his disciples and grant them success and he would do that. It would be like, yeah, if you follow my lead, if you do what I say, I will grant you riches. I will grant you title opportunities. One of the sickest things they ever did was uh, he was teaming up with uh, the Shield and, you know, Roman Reigns, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that was just in Roman Reigns' uh, Destroyer sort of setup. And Bray was going for the pin, and he was teaming with Reigns, and Reigns was about ready to spear a guy that was about to uh, protect Bray. And what Bray did was he pins the guy, only puts one hand on him, and uses the other hand to do a finger gun at the other man, and goes, pow! And as he does that, Reigns spears the other guy. <laughs> it is cartoon bullshit, at its absolute finest. And it is just the rawest thing that you will see someone do in a wrestling ring of absolute dominance and control. 
And that was his thing. He wasn't an incredible technical worker. He wasn't incredible at actual like powerhouse maneuvers, but his charisma was incredible. And then he started losing. And then he kept losing and he would win like things here and there. And he would have things like he would psychologically torture Xavier Woods and whatnot, you know, as as people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the, the whole thing is people overcoming him. So he ended up as a cult leader that kept losing. And that sort of wrecked his mystique as a character for a while to the point where even when he won a championship which was long overdue is like oh no randy orton famous betrayer of friendships betrayed him what a shock and then they're going to have a wrestlemania match where bray projects maggots onto the wrestling ring and tries to use that to creep randy out and randy goes nuh-uh and it's a shit match. Mm. Like some of Bray's matches are intolerable to watch because they fall into magical goofy bullshit. But he keeps trying and he still remains charismatic and that allows him to constantly reinvent himself, including probably the most fun way he reinvented himself as a children's television Oh, right. You talked about this before. This was the whole versus John Cena. Yes. That psychological match, persona. That bullshit. match is now available on WWE's YouTube channel. You can now see the full Firefly Funhouse match after Bray's passing to see all of the work that he has done. And this was just an incredible run from him as a character. Marred a bit by intercompany politics and whatnot but it was the idea of him being essentially a pacifist who didn't want to fight he was like oh yeah i'm just a good guy anyway you want to wrestle a match with me i don't know what does huskis the pig boy think about this huskis what you have to say oh i would like the chocolate (laughs) oh huskis you'll never draw a dime And he just made a little puppet of Vince McMahon with devil horns. And it's like, oh, no, the boss, he doesn't want me to wrestle. And then he would shove money down the Vince puppet's throat and be like, look at the merchandise, boss. He's like, all right, you got a match, pal. That's such good shit. It was weird. It was off the wall, but it showed just like a different side of wrestling, a performative side that was cartoony and whatnot, but just what you could do, what you could develop. And then you developed the character of the fiend, which was his dark side, which was an evil clown man who was a horror monster who would not sell for anything that you could not stop. You could just avoid until the writers decided we don't want the belt on the fiend anymore. So have Goldberg squash him. Mm-hmm. which was annoying but you could you could see that his last campaign was just like it was called the white rabbit to announce his return and it was a bunch of like qr codes scattered throughout and solving a mystery oh, that he was fine. coming back yeah like he was such a super creative force from everything that he did and way did the best was he was 
such a talent at drawing people in and being able to play along with him. And it is so hard to suspend disbelief in wrestling. It is so hard to not just look at people doing the most incredible flippy shit you've ever seen and go, yeah, it's okay. It's not as good as the other flippy shit that I've seen mm-hmm. or go, oh, yeah, the soap opera drama is boring. This man made people feel like they were part of a cult in a cool way that does not sign your life away. And that's the weirdest thing to say. He figured out how to make talking to puppets get over. And it's just. As a creative force, he was someone who went beyond himself in figuring out ways to communicate with and connect with the audience. And by all accounts, he was such a wonderful giving person behind the scenes as well. Just trying to make everyone who came through his door just feel welcomed and feel like they had been friends forever. Mm-hmm. And just I I love creative visions that absolutely include others in it. Yeah. That yeah. Like you want to give out your creative vision and you want people to see it, but you also want people to be a part of it, to feel that. And that's that's something I take from that and something that I really really greatly value and i i feel like a lot of presentational style i've I've learned from him so like thank you bray thank you Wyndham. i i'm sorry that you know we never met but uh i do earnestly want to say thank you and you know so the people that inspire all of you tell them thanks because you know that's worth it absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, tell me about stupid pirate shit. <laughs> yeah, you transition off of that, all right. Okay. So I don't think I'd quite call myself a One Piece fan. Like I've read the whole thing, tried watching little bits of the anime here and there. There's a lot of it I love, like the world building is fantastic. I don't know if I call it great characters, but great templates that have phenomenal moments. And it, every now and then you're just crying over a ship for some reason, because yeah, that's that's just the world we're living in right now. I'm not a One Piece fan. I cried over a ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But th- there's a lot of roadblocks for my enjoyment of the series that just prevents it from being like an overall just a love and appreciation for it. I have too many problems. I, I, I'm t- I can't stand it when only like four or five characters actually get to be a character at any one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, sometimes Sanji is like whole cake is amazing for Sanji, but the rest of the time he's just like, oh, here is the p- panel where Sanji has heart in his eyes. Here is it again. And again. Uh-huh. And again. <laughs> and the pacing is just atrocious. Like, th- I've it, it just is. It just is. I watched the live action for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was in love. <laughs> oh my god. I don't even know. I, I'll start first by saying that I did not realize how much I have missed growing up in the age of Pirates of the Caribbean. 
just seeing people swing over a ship, board, cannons firing, flintlocks going off, just... My god, I did not realize how much I need another dose of that in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show is amazing. This is one of Let the me... best, if not the best, adaptation I've ever seen. Did you watch it with anyone else? Yes. With my dad and my youngest brother, who is a major One Piece fan. All three of them enjoyed it. Yeah, like, yeah, perfect spectrum of like exposure perfect. to the series. I'm rewatching it again. I loved it that much. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. Because uh, one of my bigger problems with One Piece is that everything is so hyper. Well, it's fun in some ways, but I'll, I'll take Luffy as an example. I can never get invested in Luffy's character because he's so over the top all the time that he, he's literally a rubber hose character. In, yes. a, in a world about the world is out, but this actor they got for him, like oh, he, he's so he still has the insane energy of Luffy, but he's able to get quiet and everything, get a little snarky as well. I love Luffy's character in the show so much. You can really understand why people follow him, like why he's so just wholesomely heartfelt of being like, yeah, that that's your dream, man. You gotta go for your dream, man. That. that that's all there is in life. And you're just like, yeah, Luffy, you're right. I should go after my dream. <laughs> it's so, so unbearably close. I was not expecting to to care this much about these characters, but there's so, so many, like, little nice moments that really... Like, obviously, you can't show everything in one piece, mm -hmm. but they expertly take take and pull various things, like, reference things like, like, they're not gonna have, like, a ten minute little thing dedicated to the dog from the one buggy island, but the dog's still there, and you're like, oh yeah, there's the dog, I love the dog! But I wanted the dog! <laughs> I wanted more dog! It's, it's... I, I, I loved that story the first time I saw it. I loved even the twenty times I saw it, but we... We've had enough of the dog story of working for the owner, like, we, we can get more dog material in here. It's not necessary. The dog runs the shop. He's such a good merchant. He's a good doggy. But like they, they, they're smart in how they pick and choose what to adapt while still keeping a consistent flow of a story. Mm -hmm. They really heavily expand on Kobe to make it kind of like a parallel story of Luffy being a pirate and Kobe being a marine, which is really brilliant because it really gets you invested in Garp and all that. Hell, Meppo yeah. is amazing in this show. I am impressed with how well they melded Garp into this show from what I've seen. Because that's like a character that shows up 500 chapters later. No, yeah, he's just he's just here. He He's like fully integrated in a way that you kind of feel like he's there all along. Mm-hmm. And they're really, really smart in how, now that they you know how the story is going, let's kind of change things up to kind of let it flow better. Like, Buggy mm -hmm. has a much bigger role throughout the entire thing. He doesn't just disappear, which is fantastic. Yep. Setting up that he's uh, like an important player. Introducing Zoro through his fight with Mr. Seven was a brilliant what? move. Like, Barack Brooks isn't even in the show, but they're already setting that up. The music is absolutely phenomenal. I won't spoil things, but it's 
one of those things where there's very clear motifs that get mm-hmm. used over and over again in various creative ways to be like, okay, this is sad, this is happy, this is Zoro's thing, this is Luffy's. They're intertwining now in this fight. Mm-hmm. Really brilliant use of music throughout the entire thing. And I... I love that I'm invested in and believe that this is a crew that loves each other. In actual One Piece, it often feels like they're... Like, like it's so hyper... Just like, yeah, we're investing in all this. Everything's up, dialed up to 11. That You never really get those quiet moments of just like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, let's just have a heart-to-heart there. But there's some really, really, really touching moments when you just realize, okay, yeah, after that moment, Usopp is never leaving these people, ever. I mean, I strongly disagree, but okay. And I just, I... I, 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 I love the show. I, I, I want to get into specifics, but I don't want to spoil them for you. I refuse to do so, because there's some things in this you are going to love. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I was thrilled to hear Binx's Brew. Yep. Just as incidental background music. I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to every single scene to be like, oh, is Binx's Brew in this one? Is it? Oh, no, the, also, visually, there's just a lot of just little references. Like I saw a poster for Balami. A wanted mm-hmm. poster that doesn't show up for like 500 more yep. chapters. Yep, definitely got that. Uh, I'm surprised with how much they kept. Like they kept that man's stupid hair. <laughs> yes. The... No, yeah, I can't really think of. They tried as hard as they possibly can to make sure that the ridiculous designs of One Piece are still intact in this show. Mm-hmm. They they're, they get some wild stuff later. Um, let me think. I am... So, Buggy's performance is incredible. Yes. Um, I'm upset that he's hot. (laughs) I like this take of it. On the other hand, god damn... You took a completely different direction with this character. Uh, I love his theme so much. It so perfectly communicates this grandiose, just like, oh yeah, I'm trying so hard to look cool. But at the same time, there's just some pathetic little overtones that show he just can't follow through with it. They're doing so much with him. Um, I will say that where it deviates from the manga. I understand why it deviates. I don't like it as much, but I understand they need to do it with the story they're telling. Hmm. Like, I think that the way that Luffy leaves Kobe in the manga is much more powerful for their relationship, but it can't happen with the story they're telling. Yeah, because it closes the door. Instead of leaving it open yes. for further interactions. Yes. I think it's a fascinating case study of, like, actually trying to adapt. Like, the adapt side of adaptation. Because if it was a one-to-one translation, it, this first season would have, like, been the first two episodes of what the live-action show is. It's trying we to keep the We would still spirits. be fighting Don Krieg, yes. Yeah, it's, it's trying to keep the spirit while also, uh, like, telling a cohesive story. And, like, mm-hmm. from my perspective, this is my favorite interpretation of the story. I, I, I do prefer this. 
it's difficult for me because One Piece is a series of very specific and incredibly strong moments for me. Mm. I think it is for a lot of people. And this is a lot stronger in its transitory moments than it is individual moments. Like One Piece to me is a constant build and build and build and build to an overwhelming crescendo where there is nothing else like it. Mm. And this is like an actual story. And I like One Piece for being different. I like One Piece because that's not necessarily traditional storytelling. I like essentially the glacial pace for the sake of constantly building a volcano to erupt. I can see that. Yeah. Because like I, I I'm a patient as fuck person. I will give myself that. One Piece is a perfect manga for me. <laughs> because, like, if you entertain me during those moments, I'm fine with you. Take as long as you need. So having this and feeling the differences is, like, it's, it's, it's okay. I understand it, but... I'm not in love with this, but this is like a solid in between a seven and an eight, and I can actually recommend it to people. Nice. I give it a ten. <laughs> I have been enjoying it that much. Nice. There's something else I wanted to say about it. And it's Fantastic not... fight choreography. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going to say, but holy shit. Yeah, oh my god. I did not think you could translate Zoro well to live action. I was He's wrong. So good. All of the actors are so into the roles they're playing right now. Mm -hmm. Like both on and out uh, off of camera. Definitely. I like Sanji in this. It took me like 500 chapters to like Sanji. I, it was off the bat. I was like, oh shit, you actually have, you're actually charming instead of just a creep. Like you're still kind of a creep, but you're incredibly no, I, I charismatic. Think I think he, Sanji's charming in East Blue. I think through in, in, Alabasta, I like Sanji. All right. Because I think, like, his best moment is the Mr. Two fight up to that point. And then past that, it's just a crater. I'm going to believe you, because that was 700 chapters ago. And I don't think I remember that enough to say one way or the other. Would you recommend it to anyone who has no knowledge in the manga anime? That's an interesting question. I, I yeah, Well, yes. The short answer is yes. My dad loved it. I will second that yes. I was like, oh, I don't need investment in this. It is just a fun and good story. I do think I enjoyed it more knowing what it was referencing. Maybe if you're a super fan, it might take away because you have that investment. But just knowing the story beats from my perspective... Like, I, it, there was a lot just, there was a handful of moments that I felt nostalgia for something I was shocked I, like, I didn't have the nostalgia for it, but was still capturing that, like, warm, fuzzy feeling in my heart. I'll be like, oh yeah, this is from my childhood, even though it's not. <laughs> this is from my 2022. <laughs> I think it's a great motivator to actually get people to read the manga. And I think that as a bridge for that, we're like, if you want more, there is so much more, then I think that's great. 
I would be interested. Like, if anybody hasn't read the manga and watched this, I would, like, genuinely be interested to hear that kind of feedback just to see how it lands afterwards. Well, what's your dad's feedback, then? Uh, I mean, he, he absolutely adored it. He thought it was heartfelt. He, like, legitimately got teared up at a few places. He loved it. Yeah, I think it's good. <laughs> My brother's trying to make him watch the anime, and he does not like that nearly as much. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Doesn't like the characters. Yeah, I get that. It, they, they work in a comic format a lot better. Hmm. All right. Breathe. I'm doing my best. But yeah, One Piece live action. Would recommend. Can't wait for season two. Good. I'm glad I didn't finish it, so I didn't also talk about it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the comments. Yep. <sighs> Okay. So, just... <coughs> Guys, darn it, where did that come from? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Ah, uh, you're getting choked up talking about One Piece. It's normal. Shockingly, yeah. I wasn't expecting that. For Magic Guys, what fictional place would you want to have a vacation in? And if you could elaborate more, what sites would you want to see? Who would you want to meet? What would you eat? And what would you think would be neat? I appreciate the rhyming scheme. Yeah. Good, good rhythm, good feel. Let's see. That's it's one of those questions where you have to really think about it because there's so many it's worlds very that broad. you love. You're like, nope, I would hate to live there. Nope, like, would hate never, to live there. Not a chance. Donkey Kong Island does not have Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's a big issue. Uh, somewhere with really, really good food. Food is what... I don't... I wouldn't want to, like, go out into the world of Monster Hunter, but can I just live in that canteen for, like, a week? Uh-huh. No, I'm, I'm getting the same feeling, like, my first thought was, I would like to live in Final Fantasy VII's Gold Saucer, and nowhere else. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pokemon's always kind of an easy option. Just, I would love to have a little buddy. Yeah. And, and like, the... Yeah, but name a region, though. Alola? Like, you're just dealing with Team Skull? Yeah. What's that like, Kalos you? is just, like, a bunch of fashion freaks. And it's Paris. Ah. It's pretty. It's the one thing I actually like that region. Sucks to play in. Let's see, what else is there? would be good. Um, oh, if, uh, if the current One Piece arc continues, uh, Egghead Island would be a really good place to live. 
I mean, if we're going One Piece, just j- just the restaurant Sanji's from. I'll, j- I'll just yeah, work there. But... Work there. N- n- you will die. I mean, sure, the, but I'll... That angry man will be like, oh, oh no, cabin boy, you're the worst. I'm going to kill you. And I'll but be I'll like, damn, he died. Best food in the world. I'll die. I'll die with a smile on my face. I think Whole Cake Island far away from Big Mom <laughs> is fine. Are you sure? As long as it's like the edge of it. Ah, uh, let's grab another from from Dixo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a two-part question, one for each of us. Okay. Uh, for you, if Hololive had accepted your audition, how would you want your playstyle to be in Idol Showdown? Oh, <laughs> uh, damn! I I'd be too scrawny to be a uh, I'd be too scrawny to be a grappler. What I want so. I would have really good command grabs, but with terrible range and data, so I would have a bunch of traps and stun moves so that I could just walk there and grab. And those would do big damage. And then maybe they would heal me, too. That sounds fun. By which I mean it sounds like a nightmare, and I I would be the Honda of the game. But you know what? It's worth it. <laughs> And the question from my side is what if my avatar was added to a fighting game. Which just... I want the potential for it to be incredibly complex. But the optimal option is just to do the stupid Gordle-like move over and over again until you win. Like, you can be smart, but just turn your brain off and have fun. I can absolutely imagine your avatar using the scepter as like a golf club. Exactly. Just just take just take the crown head it comes off because it's a rubber hose cartoon, smack it, it bounces around like a gordo and comes back. And that that's the oh, play no. style. Oh no, like polo, polo. Polo works better for you. Or croquet. <laughs> okay. Um from James Stewart, this is for when Pierre needs to rant about Mortal Kombat. If, if, am I the only one bothered by the fact that Mortal Kombat 1 hasn't introduced a single true newcomer? Yeah. Just want to add something to the list real quick for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should be. Uh, I get that the thing is, oh, Liu Kang's resetting the universe, so we're seeing all these alternate universe versions of characters, but like, god damn. Just do something. Just so, I know Mortal Kombat has a million characters, but like, inventing new characters is a fun part of a fighting game. You should do that. Oh well, we'll we'll see if it gets in the second wave of DLC at this point. Why would you buy that? Unless know. they're hot. There's just, there's like, just why would you put them over? Character that you can't resist. Uh, I think we've answered this a couple of times, but it's always fun to talk about. From Lee McCartney, what side character do you think would be fun to play as in their own game? Yeah, um, 
trying to think of a new one. Just looking at my shelf of amiibos, going like, okay, maybe you, maybe you, maybe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom Nook. Um, money bags from Spyro. Ooh. You're selling people other moves, and you have to sell them enough so that they can get through, but not enough so that they still need you, so there's a constant dependency on you. And you have to go into levels early to create problems that you then have to be paid to solve. Flavio's a good. Ah. <laughs> uh, more for the story or anything, but I want StarCraft to start focusing on Stukov. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's fine. Okay. Uh, you know the whole Zerg faction? Yes. The humans can get infested. At the end of 2, there was like a splice where they kind of gained their own sentience it's kind of just doing undead from warcraft all over again but i find the this particular like we're still alive but we're just mutated to be a lot imagine if the necromorphs became sentient i find that's fat to be fascinating okay all right yeah that's interesting enough also just any villain ever yeah just, just yeah just a lot of villains do qualify for that definitely Donald Duck in Kingdom Hearts. Yo, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, just... Why and is have Donald a pull all... down on your ability to heal Sora. <laughs> like, every time that you are going to heal him, you have a chance for the duck urge to stop you and go, no, it'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> actually a puzzle game trying to get around that oh <laughs> uh, yeah you have to prevent a rage meter from building and if it builds up so much you just do the weird swinging motion you can't do heals anymore mm -hmm. uh, i got one from Baucha, i believe i'm saying that right okay uh, what are your thoughts on co-op games do you think they create more fun interactions or they complicate things too much uh the former absolutely yeah, absolutely. I think that co-op games that complicate things too much are not co-op games. They are games that got co-op added to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you design an experience around it, like, it takes two or most beat-em-ups, then they're fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely. I, th I would go so far as to say I think that's probably peak video gaming, at least from my preferences and what I've played. Like, if you actually are designing your gameplay around covering each other's strengths and protecting each other's weaknesses, that creates one of the strongest gameplay loops I've ever experienced. It doesn't really matter where it comes from. It could be uh, just going through Smash Brothers co-op. It can be doing Pikmin, trying to multitask while working together with each other. It can be mm -hmm. an RTS where you're trying to overcome an obstacle to, with various compositional armies. It's just really fun to work together for against impossible odds. Mm -hmm. That's why Heroes of the Storm is the best MOBA, because it actually embraces the team-building aspect of it. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I have no context. <laughs> Believe me, it is. Okay, cool. Um... This question from reality is very broad to the point I don't think I could 
keep it in my mind. It's take your five favorite characters, what would a game involving them look like, which I just can't keep that many characters in my head. Oh, it's easy. One of them is Beatrice and one of them is a detective. So, like, yeah, it's a murder mystery. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's a murder mystery featuring the concept of death. Beatrice the Golden Witch, Scrooge McDuck, Naoto Shirogane, and Usopp. You said concept. I thought, not, not death from Terry Pratchett? That is... Death from Terry Pratchett, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Death. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just can't count. Okay. I thought you were, that was the subject matter, then you listed five characters, but I just can't. Keep up. It's fine. Uh, just pick or Rayman maybe and... Donkey Kong. Maybe Donkey Kong's there instead of Usopp. D- Donkey Kong's the one that gets murdered. No! <laughs> no, I hate this game. also mentions just because i'm doing like it was kind of building off of just a discussion i had with felicia fan on his stream about pokemon designs Mm -hmm. and i think it's an interesting thing to talk about what do you value in pokemon designs um hmm if they're a ghost type (laughs) i value that a lot mine is bug excellent end of discussion yeah, that that's great. We've we've solved it. Um I like if the design can inform something about their personality and the idea of it without becoming like this is an individual. Yes. Like that is a perfect ha- way to put it. It has to be like there is a path this creature has taken to get here. Like what what's her name? Tinkerton? Yes. The one with the big hammer. I love that. You can understand the enthusiasm of the character because they love killing Corviknights so much. Like, there is such a joy and a release from that character being able to defeat what is otherwise a natural predator to them. Mm-hmm. Mm. But that's not necessarily the only thing about the character. You can still inform traits on it. Meanwhile, Mewtwo is Mewtwo. And, like, Mewtwo works for Mewtwo... <laughs> Mewtwo is a character, though. That's kind of an odd... Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'd say, like, like Meowstarter or something like that. That that goes between facial expression, how the abilities work. I'd I, I, I compare it to Dungeons & Dragons of having a blank character sheet and, like, kind of knowing, like, okay, that's the race, this is the alignment, okay, versus a character sheet being handed to you. And, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that I, I just have to work with this. I think I would struggle with Incineroar if he was not in Smash Brothers. Yes. I think Smash Brothers saves Incineroar because now I know, I think, ah, this is the character, Incineroar. Mm, and not the Pokemon of, Incineroar. This is the species, Incineroar. Yeah. When it, it's less species. Like, for a older example, Charizard against that. Like, you can easily imagine any number of personalities of Char- on Charizard, but like, by virtue of being a dr- fire-breathing dragon with a fire tail, like, you still have, like, a character there, I guess? more A template yeah. there? Yeah, there, there, there's something very, to very strong everything else. Yeah. This is why I think most ghost types do very well and why I like them so much. It's because usually they have a specific backstory on how they're created, and usually you can go, oh, Phantom is lonely. 
Drifloon likes killing children. Mm-hmm. Baynet mm-hmm. is vengeful. However, where they go from that is dependent on your influence as a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like as an example of an old one that does it badly, like Doduo is just... It's not expressive enough to get anything off of it. You have to evolve it into Dodrio before you start feeling that Pokemon kind of flair yeah. and personality. Yeah, I feel I feel you there. Doduo stares at me with empty eyes and I cannot respond looking into the void. It, it feels more like an actual animal than the actual kiwi it's based off of. It has two heads. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, I, I th- there's... <laughs> to talk to you about this how do you feel about like legendaries and fossil pokemon because the thing i realized while i was making those lists is i really don't like a lot of those because it's creating an idea in my head of what i feel like this should look like and they kind of just don't hit the mark so often like you're trying to create fossil pokemon based on what fossils are in real life but it's the pokemon universe and there's a dinosaur dragon right there well, the second I realized it, I just wanted so much more from them. No, I, I disagree with that, because it's reviving the Pokemon based on incomplete science. It is not, oh, we are perfectly replicating this uh, thing. It is that we are doing the best science can. We can't get the rock out. Oh, okay. That That's I why I always like interpreted that. it. I, I always, like... To me, Aerodactyl is naturally a dragonflying type. Huh. And then being revived out of the old amber, it is a rock-flying type. That That is how I always interpreted it as a kid, at least. I don't know if it sways me, but I like that interpretation a lot. That's fun. Like, And I felt like Gen 8 really leaned into it with its screwed-up fossils. Oh yeah, Gen 8's fossils like, are fantastic. And I, I felt like that was just a further expansion of the idea that they had been going with. Hmm. Like, the only one that I think maybe doesn't quite fit in the same thing is um, Anorith. Like, that's something I fully believe that that's probably just it. But then again, I don't think that Anorith and Armaldo sell being rock types very well. I just think, oh, they're plated. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, as for legends, like it depends on if they're individuals or not. Because like Entei, Raiko, and Suicune, I really love. I love the mythology behind them oh, and Ho-Oh. I think that like, might even be my favorite trio of legendaries in general. Entei is probably... Well, no, Meloetta is my favorite. And she is that because like she's a force that is embodying like song and togetherness and whatnot. Hmm. And like I really like One Piece Film Red, if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, but if number two would definitely be Entei, just is a combination of design and ideas. Even if, God, he sucks every time you try to use him before Gen 5. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. He's just big Flareon. I can't wait to see Entei's design. Whatever they do with it for the... Paradox, Paradox Pokemon. Yeah. But, like, it's odd because someone like Palkia is a Pokemon that I have never cared for. Yes, 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 yes. Because, like, 
it's not a character to me. It's just a thing that performs its function. Just kind of has a force of nature stapled onto it and call it It is, a day. but it's not unknowable. It's just a dragon that does a thing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Darkrai, I think, is rad as hell. Because it is something that festers off of bad dreams and whatnot, and it has to feed off of it. It's it's sort of the vampire paradox of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Of just even if it wanted to be a good person, it kind of can't be. So it's up to you whether it leans into that or it, it's a good Pokemon. It's just misunderstood. <laughs> and that I love about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. We can't agree though that the legendary birds are a little lame though, right? I like Articuno. Oh yeah, Articuno's great, but like the other You don't need the other two. I, I want more. I'd I'd like more. Zapdos was really cool when I was a kid. I had this Burger King toy that was like a little car to Zapdos, and every time you pushed a button on the bottom, it would scream loudly like it was dying. It was the most horrible sound. I loved it. <laughs> Indeed. Left it too as a kid until I grew up and realized that that looks like the kid's drawing of what the actual bird looks like. Yeah, but it knows Drill Pack, and Drill Pack is so good. That's the peak for it. I'll give you that. All right. I'm exhausted. I think that is a good place to call it. I'm sorry for everyone that I scared off with Mario. However,. Damn, you should be better Nintendo fans. Uh, and hey, the chainsaw never came. We, we, yeah. We, we warned people for nothing. We did it. I survived the chainsawing. Now I will have to fight it alone instead of with all of you. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys all so much for watching. If you want us to cover your comments... In a, oh, that yawn came out of nowhere. In the next episode, just leave a comment on this video with the hashtag DDGcomment, and we will cover it if we have the time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Th thank you for enabling us to do this. Uh, this channel is probably going to be pretty slow for a while. I mean, it's already pretty slow, let's be honest. But it's all for a good cause, and once that gets settled, we'll, I'll get the ball rolling for some more stuff. I promise. Yeah, don't worry about it. Papa will take care of you. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. See you later, guys.